Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by Mubi, the curated streaming service that showcases exceptional films from around the globe. For your free 30-day trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. back ladies and gentlemen to a brand new episode of the film stage show the movie review podcast with filmstage.com as always i am your host brian jerome with me today we have rob and bar <laughs> feels like i have bill graham witness me <laughs> all right all right i guess that kind of works in this uh this whole situation here we also have back on the show for the second time it's evelyn Snary. hello everyone I'm not grunting. (laughs) (laughs) You can if you want to. Nah, I'm good. (laughs) Extremely ladylike. I'm going to make a bonfire. I'm going to scream a lot about how we're berserkers wearing bearer shirts. And then uh, Evelyn's going to yell at some point. It's going to be good. (laughs) (laughs) Primal scream for everyone. Okay, good. (laughs) As it must be. All right. uh, Evelyn, would you like to uh, introduce yourself or reintroduce yourself to our listening audience? Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, Evelyn Sideri, English teacher, Shakespeare person, Robin's former English teacher. Woohoo! Awesome. The the three greatest things that a single person can be. There it is. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. And we're here today uh, to talk about The Northman, uh, Robert Eggers' new film that he uh, directed and co-wrote with Shorn. I'm going to assume that's how I say that. Uh, this film stars Alexander Skarsgård and is out in theaters now. And uh, spoiler alert for my opinion, it's just going to be say, be me saying, fuck yeah, and then making like metal guitar noises the entire time. <laughs> just like someone's going to be like, remember that time? And I'm going to be like, fuck yeah. It's going to be just the greatest. It's going to be awesome. So I'm excited to talk about this movie. Clearly. So you're just going to make the Wonder Woman <laughs> theme. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Anyway, uh, before we get into the Northman, all the usual stuff, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Film State Show, Facebook, the Film State Show. Email us podcast at filmstage.com and give us a comment or rating on iTunes or whatever podcasting app you choose that allows you to give comments and ratings. And of course, you can email us podcast at filmstage.com. Did I already say that? Mm. Doesn't matter. You can also we don't listen to, to you. You can give money to us by going to patreon.com slash the film stage show. Uh, you get access to our super cool Slack channel and first crack at all of our movie-related raffles. So do that. Go to patreon.com slash show to help us produce these uh, wonderful episodes that you enjoy hearing so much. And don't forget that we are brought to you by Mubi, uh, the curated streaming service that showcases exceptional films from around the globe. Every day, Mubi premieres a new film, whether it's a timeless classic, cult favorite, or an acclaimed masterpiece. It's guaranteed to either be a movie you've been dying to see or one you've never heard of before, and there will always be something new to discover. With Mubi, each and every film is hand-selected, so you'll never spend more time looking for something great to watch. Instead, you'll actually watch something great. It's like your own personal film festival streaming anytime, anywhere. And I want to talk about a particular film today. It's Croupier. Has anyone here seen hmm. Croupier? I've definitely heard oh. of it. This movie fucking rocks with uh, just, it's the best. I don't know. I was going to try to come up with something clever to say, but it's just a great movie. I love this movie. I've talked about this movie a bunch on this uh, podcast. I think, now that I think about it, 
There is an episode of this podcast where I dropped in the audio from Croupier because I thought that I could not do justice to Clive Owen's delivery of a certain line. And it's like the only evidence of me ever doing any kind of post-production work outside of like occasionally bleeping something in these episodes. It's like the only time we ever did a cutaway (laughs) or used something other than like trailer sounds. And it was like awkward and I didn't like it. But anyway, Croupier is out now on Mubi. With a stylish cynicism reminiscent of his classic Get Carter, Mike Hodges revives the seedy glamour of London's gambling underworld in this twisty crime tale, starring a deliciously sardonic Clive Owen. Like the askew reflections found in the casino's wall of mirrors, no one is ever what they seem. This movie rocks. It's awesome. I love it. It's got young, hot, handsome Clive Owen. What more could you want from a movie? Uh, what about is... young, hot, handsome chick from ER? What's her name? Juliana Margulies. I don't know. No. <laughs> was she in ER? The British lady. Alex something. Sure. Isn't she in this? Probably. I don't know. I never watched ER, so. I thought you were going to say I've never seen Croupier. <laughs> <laughs> no. See Croupier a bunch. Um, I've never seen ER. So Alex I'm... Kingston. That's her name. Alex Kingston. Okay, sure. You have yeah, no idea who I'm talking right. about? No. She's like the curly blonde, red hair. She's like played Boudica. She was on ER. She was Doctor Who. Who's Boudica? Oh, Lord. You what are not happening? up on your British mythology slash history. You know what's funny? We'll get into it, I guess, when we talk about um, The Northman. But uh, this movie made a friend in, of mine and I who saw this movie together realize that we have like no concept of like pre-Christian religions in Europe, but we are fully versed in all other like pre-modern world religions. It was like crazy to kind of realize that. You mean just paganism at large? Yeah, like we were talking about like how we learned about like, you know, the Mayans and the Aztecs and Kachina dolls for the, you know, some some Mm. Native American tribes here and like, just learned about a whole bunch of stuff. And then it was just like, yeah, in Europe, you know, there was just a bunch of people worshiping trees until Jesus came. And it's just like, I don't know, man. I feel like there was a little more going on. Anyway, uh, I have now looked it up. And yes, Alex Kingston is like the co-lead of this movie. So you will uh, enjoy <laughs> yeah, it. it. But it's you, all about <laughs> Clive Owen, I guess. I mean, he's the hottest person in the cast. So, yeah. I dropped a picture in the chat. <laughs> Ooh, all right. I'm looking at this and I am excited. Is it just of her? No, it's the two of them. Uh, you know. Oh yeah, time. look at that hat. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Yeah. Anyway, so that's Croupier. It's on Mubi right now. You can go to mubi. Oh, I recognize her. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad we've all realized that. Now I gotta go watch ER. Now you gotta go watch like the fortunes and misfortunes of Mo Flanders. Who is Mo Flanders? You don't know who Mo Flanders is? Why do you expect me to know things like this? Is this a Simpsons reference? Right, I'm just like... No, no. Mo Flanders, (laughs) Jesus. The Flanders? Right, it's Maud Flanders, Flanders, first of all. And I don't think Alex Kingston voiced Maud Flanders. I don't understand. I'm speechless. (laughs) Oh, she was in Law and Order Special Victims Unit, too. The Daniel Defoe 
book. No, it's it's Daniel Day Lewis and Willem Dafoe. I don't know why no, you keep mixing no. people up like that. <laughs> Oh, anyway, <laughs> I feel like I've we've, caused we've enough harm. Gone, yeah. Yep. M-U-B-I.com slash film stage uh, for a free 30-day trial. You can check out Croupier and figure out whatever the hell Robin's talking about. Uh, though I think she's just stroking out and mashing a bunch of stuff together. Mole Flanders. It's Maud Flanders. Why do you keep <laughs> It's Ned Flanders. What's wrong with you guys? No, it's Maud. It is his wife. It's Maud, Rod, Todd, and Ned. <laughs> anyway. Wow. It's going to be an episode, and I am here for it. That is uh, just about everything we need to talk about before we get to our feature review of The Northman. This uh, movie, again, is out in theaters now, and it is about a uh, Viking prince who swears to rescue his mother and avenge his slain father when his father's uh, bastard half-brother decides to kill him and take his throne. And it is awesome, and it is directed by Robert Eggers, who previously did The Witch and The Lighthouse, and uh, here's the trailer. Now, behold... He's here. He's here. Mother! Father is here! The king, my lady. The king. Your fate is set and you cannot escape it. How I've missed you, my son. One day this kingdom will be yours. Thank you, Father. All right, that is part of the trailer for The Northman. It is out in theaters now, and we are here to talk about it. We will begin with our spoiler-free nutshell thoughts. Uh, I will say that we will probably at some point very quickly reference a well-known story that this uh, movie takes its story from as a kind of prequel text. And uh, so, yeah, that may count as a spoiler to some people. So just be aware of that. So we'll begin by saying what we thought of this movie and possibly what we thought of Robert Eggers' other movies. And uh, we'll begin with our guest. So, Evelyn, what are your thoughts? Have you seen The Witch and The Lighthouse? The Witch, yes. The Lighthouse, no. Oh, that's your shit, man. (laughs) (laughs) That is your shit. You got to see it. I don't even care if you hate it. You just got to see it. Stop the podcast. Pause it right now. We'll come back in two hours. <laughs> so what were your what were your thoughts on on the the Vivich? Um, the Vivich. The Vivich or or the Northman? The, the I want I'm curious what you thought of the witch before we get to the Northman. Oh, as as context for your feelings. Now, see now I'm thinking I may be making a mistake <gasps> because I'm thinking the witch um gosh now I got to make sure I have the right one. Uh Anya Taylor-Joy. That one guy uh, from Game of Thrones. That one woman. Black Philip. Oh, Black Philip. Yeah, it is. It is the one I'm thinking. Creepy ass twins Boy. and a goat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In the barn, all the weirdness. Oh, and wait a minute. Same girl. Yeah, I'm just flipping through <laughs> again. I'm like hippy dippy shippy stuff. Like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I- I'll watch weird crap. And I always bring someone in to watch weird crap who just never gets it. And mm-hmm. I'm so like, do it. Uh, and the, the, the movie ends and they're like, what the 
fuck was that? I'm like, <laughs> all right, we, you need a few minutes. Um, I, the witch I love because it's creepy and awful. And, and you, you don't want it to be what it is, but it is. And it, it's the same kind of thing where you're like, I know this is what the ending's going to be. I know this is what it's going to be. Please let it be something else. No. Okay, good. I'm scared. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and people are weird. And I don't know about this. <laughs> it's like that's, that's the, the best response to a Robert Eggers movie. Yeah. It's like, I know what the ending's going to be. Uh, let's hope it's something else. It's not. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> With a big grin on your face. I'm scared. Oh, yeah, I'm scared. That barn, that barn haunts me to this day. As it should. <laughs> Um, all right, so oh yeah, so now we know what you thought of the witch. What did you think of the Northman? Um, again, I was terrified, but for different reasons. I brought my husband, who his reaction to this was, "All right, she's got to go see this weird movie for this podcast." He's like, "If it really sucks, I'm getting a two hour, an over two hour nap. I can't go wrong." <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so it was violent and. and He's not generally about that. You know, I, how many times have I seen Braveheart? I don't know. Mm. Um, and he's like, I actually liked it. I'm like, oh, okay. Nice. I said, even the disemboweling? He's like, yes. Especially that. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he does not like Braveheart. He does not like the uber violent shit that I like. So... <laughs> <laughs> It's fun having you as a teacher, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, there's disemboweling of him. Um, I, but, you know, for me, it's all of the mythological references are like fun little Easter eggs for me. Mm-hmm. Like the whole Oracle scene, you know, blind Oracle, blah, blah, blah. You know, no spoilers, I know. Um, but, you know, she she's holding the what's going to turn into thread. So I have to whisper in my husband's ear about the fates and, and stretching out the thread and measuring of a man's life and fate. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. Ordinarily, he doesn't give a shit what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this, he was interested. I'm like, oh, good, 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 good. Um, I, I enjoyed the end. But again, it, my husband is comic relief. He's like, why do they have to fight naked on a volcano? I don't understand. Did you why. not hear a witch tell them they had to? Like, you don't get to make choices in this world. <laughs> You'll take off your clothes at the volcano and that's it. <laughs> Which is just like, hear me out. Look, you're going to get into a fist fight at a Jimmy John's. It's just going <laughs> to happen. Smells. You won't be wearing <laughs> shoes. And you're just like, okay, I guess I better take my shoes off and go to the it's Jimmy off. John's now. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know we had a date, but I've apparently got shit to do. A witch tells me I gotta go get my ass handed to me at a Jimmy John's shoeless. <laughs> she can't see shit, but so she knows. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I enjoyed it. You know, and ordinarily I went in going... I don't love shoot them up. I don't love all this combat bullshit, but I liked it. But I liked it. Awesome. Definitely not shoot them yeah. up. It's like, oof, yeah, they, they didn't have guns. <laughs> there were no guns. Something <laughs> to shoot. It's fucking crazy. All right. Bill Graham, no what are your thoughts? <laughs> what are your thoughts on the Northman? Hmm. Um, 
what to say about this movie. It's fucking beautiful. Uh, it sounds great. Uh, the action is just fucking brutal as hell. Uh, he's got his classic kind of wonders um, in several sequences. Um, the sequence that's in the trailer where he catches the spear and throws it back. Yeah, that's not even the craziest part of that sequence. Um, he climbs a fucking like straight up a tower with an axe and you're just like wait what is, is this and and knowing robert robert eggers like that's probably true like how they scale that wall so it's just like oh fuck that's terrifying right, look so, just so what you're gonna have to do is you're just gonna have to dig your fingers into the cracks and pull yourself up and you can sort of use the axe i guess but remember you're gonna want it to stay sharp for when you're cutting people it's like oh okay <laughs> And yeah. action. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, you know, Skarsgård has gotten big for roles before. Uh, I think if, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you know, it really, he gained a lot of fame and attention for being a giant fucking vampire. Right. So, so you know, that's a, that I, I, I actually meant to go back and rewatch some true blood. Um, Cause I watched like the first four seasons of that show, but I, you know, Full, full, uh, what's the word? Full disclosure. I was wasted for most of it. Um, <laughs> my friends and I had a drinking game to go along with True Blood. It was called uh, Blood Fangs and Tits. And so <laughs> if you saw any of those things, you had to take a drink. And so. So you died several times watching. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, if you wanted to play hard mode, anytime someone said, Sookie, you also no. had to <laughs> just Jesus because Christ. it was so it's Wasted such a preposterous name. I know we have a lot of Sookies that are fans. I'm sorry. Um, this is a, like a little bit post college, I imagine, right? It was like it was like college and post. I think like the first mm-hmm. season, I might have still been in college. Gotcha. I can't remember, I'm but it was yeah. I was I was a young man. I was a young man who could drink forty beers in a night and still wake up and go to work the next morning. Um, but I, my recollection is that he is very handsome, but slight in that show. Like he's not jacked, jacked. He's, he's like elfin. clearly in shape. Yeah, and his his last name is Northman. <laughs> oh anyway. wow, I didn't know that. Well, because okay. his backstory, I think, is that he's a Viking. <laughs> Mm-hmm. he's a vampire sure. he's a viking meanwhile bill was like a soldier at the civil war and i have to go back and check i i hope he was for the north because otherwise very awkward <laughs> but anyway yes you, uh, that's that is what he blew up for i just don't my recollection is seeing him in this movie and then trying to remember because everyone in that show got naked it was jacked i sure. yeah so was he jacked i feel like he was like lean but muscular Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and and this one he's he's much more uh, just muscular bulging. and yeah uh, yeah bulging. That's a that's a good ex- that's a good description for this entire movie. Uh, <laughs> I would I would say just bulging. This movie. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of imagery at play. Uh, it, there's a lot of mythology at play. There's a lot of uh, it, what the fuck am I hearing? And you know, Bjork is in this, and you can't <laughs> hardly understand what she says. And you're just like, uh huh, uh huh, okay, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, he's gonna kill somebody, I guess. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of that going on. It's it's an epic looking and feeling film and 
the weird thing is that I think it's fairly easy to digest and understand and follow along. Um, the issue is that it wants you to think it isn't at some times, at some points. It's it's not necessarily subtle about its intentions to be this kind of grim and moody and, and all of this stuff. And yet it still has its cake and eats it too. It's a very weird, like kind of double standard film, I think. Um, but that being said, I very much enjoyed it. Uh, I was ready to fall asleep at parts because I thought that, uh, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't sleep well the night before. And so I had my coffee and I was like, all right, three o'clock, here's a coffee. Let's get this done. And uh, yeah, proud to report, I did not fucking fall asleep because this movie is <laughs> not loud like as I hell. fell asleep during ambulance. <laughs> sure. Just a um, little nod off. Yeah, no, definitely did not nod off during this movie. It would not let me. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I really enjoyed my time with it. And it runs just a little bit over two hours, right? It's like 2.15 yeah, or something, yeah, like, something that. like that. So yeah, enjoyed it. Nice. Thumbs up. Robin Barr. So uh, in the words of my husband, uh, this movie fucks. Definitely <laughs> had a good time. Um, oh, yeah. Without I, a condom, too. Just like raw dog. Yeah, oh. just raw dog. Yeah. <laughs> Bear back and all the way. Yes. <laughs> but consensual. Um, <laughs> consensual. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. In the woods. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I want to interject real quick. Uh, he got oh. He got big for Tarzan. Oh yeah, he but nobody saw that. Stolen Tarzan, but yeah, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead. That was a movie. Like I don't know, there are a thousand Tarzans. <laughs> it made a lot of money too, didn't it? Tarzan huh. like made some bank. I feel like it was one of those movies where I people were like, "Wait, excuse me, Tarzan made a hundred million dollars." Jesus, shitting Christ. <clears throat> but yeah, it was. He was. It was. That was not long ago either, was it? It had made three fifty six worldwide based what? off a 180 budget so it theoretically made its money back it that's was, a major hit it's a tw- it was a 2016 film and it's oh he's apparent according to this tarzan having acclimated <laughs> life in london is called back to his former home in the jungle to investigate the activities at a mining camp yeah oh he's like detective tarzan Okay, first of all, if the movie had been titled <laughs> Detective Tarzan is it called the Tarzan? No, it's just called it's called The Legend of Tarzan. Oh, okay. That sounds like a bad '90s show. So it made 126 million here, and then it, I guess, made 300. Yeah, 300. L- listen more. to this cast. Listen to this cast: Skarsgård, obviously, yep. Samuel L. Jackson, yeah. Margot Robbie, Dijon Hinsu, what? Uh, Jim Broadbent, and Christoph fucking Waltz. What the fuck? <laughs> I've never even heard better. of this movie. What the shit? I don't know, but better. I'm 100% gonna watch it now. <laughs> yeah okay Fucking wow awesome <laughs> cool um <laughs> so that's what we're gonna talk about <laughs> next time we come back everyone by the way we're taking off next week we'll be back the second weekend in, or no the first weekend in may and then um and then yeah we're gonna be talking about the legend of tarzan no no stop making promises we cannot the legend fulfill. of tarzan this is gonna be like when i somehow made us talk about the mothman prophecies if i say it enough no. it's gonna happen 
All right, enough with y'all. Enough with y'all. Anything um, with Christoph Waltz, I'm in. I'm just saying. Well, there you go. You can come back to it. Have you read any of Edgar Rice Burroughs' Tarzan things? Do you have any background? No, I hate that shit. No. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> You're not a fan of the films of David Yates? Yeah. No, absolutely not. The man who wrote Harry Potter? No. He did uh, Donnie Pod- Brasco, though, didn't he? That was good. Mm, okay. Anyway. Hard pass. <laughs> anyway back to my nutshell this thought. movie fucks that's where we'd gotten yeah, robbins consensually <laughs> but with no condom on they made love Man. in the woods and uh Finished it inside. was beautiful yeah <laughs> god damn it um, what is happening <laughs> i thought this movie <laughs> i enjoyed the goofiness of it like because let's be honest you can't make a movie like this without being a little bit goofy in terms of the dialogue in terms of the the emotion and I enjoyed that aspect of it but really I, I just found it super enchanting I thought it was extremely epic um nostalgic you know it it plays not like a modern movie it plays like a movie that was made in the 40s or 50s in terms of its I don't want to even say simplicity but if you've ever seen a movie like the Ten Commandments or Ben Hur which is not even a movie I like very much but uh, I can even if I don't like that movie, I can really feel the bigness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it It's really intense. And yet at the same time, it has this, what I would think of as like this artisanal quality um, that reminds me a lot of Bergman to some degree, because Bergman did a lot of, I mean, like this is not really medieval, but he does, he does a few movies that are kind of set in a, in a medieval setting. And while this is not medieval necessarily, it just plays to that sort of instinct and to that sort of, um, I don't know, just like enchantment. I keep thinking of that word because that besides the magic elements of this movie, I just found the, the artistic quality. So beautiful. I loved the sound design. I loved the performances. Um, Alexander Skarsgård, who is an actor I generally like, I mean, I really liked him like, big little eyes he's so slick to me very sleek and slick and in this he just completely transforms i would be very surprised if he did not end up in one of my like top 10 performances of the year or maybe my favorite best actor i mean we'll see you know what the rest of the year holds but it's really gonna stay with me because he is so pulsating he's so guttural i mean I've never seen him like this because usually he kind of plays like a pretty boy type. Right, like a like menacing true blood, pretty boy he was type. very yeah. like, oh, man. Ugh. And he's he's menacing, but in that sort of um, almost like American psycho kind of way. Whereas yeah, in this, Patrick he's Bateman, just like, yeah, yeah balls cool. to the wall, just raw. I mean, it's totally raw. So he's he's really fabulous. Um, I will get into the the plots a little bit, which it gets kind of interesting uh, with Nicole Kidman. I mean, I, I have she's a hard time. Fantastic in this movie. She's mm-hmm. always very good. And yet I can't think of her as anyone other than Nicole Kidman. I right, just I look at her face. That's her fair. That's fair. Sitting down in a, in a fire lit room about to chuck into some rabbit. And she just turns into the camera and says, somehow hurt feels good in a place like this. I mean, <laughs> the crimped hair and the, I mean, you just, you're just like, you're Nicole Kidman. Like, I I can't get into it. Whereas Anya Taylor-Joy, she, 
melts into the role in a completely different yeah. way. Is that just because, um, like, you don't have any, like, you know, you got more Kidman history than Anya Taylor-Joy history? I don't know. I re- Maybe that's true, like, because Nicole Kidman's been around so. for 30 years, but I don't think so. I don't think, think so, Robin. Yeah. No, because I, Dave's like, do you, because we're looking at, at, at Anya Taylor-Joy, I'm like, I know her, but I don't know where from. And mm. Dave looked it up in the parking lot. He's like, Queen's Gambit. I'm like, oh, so you shit. didn't recognize her. Well, you watched like Mm-mm. 10 hours of her face. Wow. And you yep. still didn't recognize her. That's incredible. And and I, I think that a good actress yeah. melts into the part. And Nicole Kidman is just Nicole Kidman. And Dave freaked out. He's like, oh, my God. She, she got to kiss her own son. I'm like, oh, it's an edible <laughs> thing. <laughs> Skip it. Skip it. <laughs> it's, but, I mean, we could definitely talk a lot more about it, but she just, I, she's a fantastic actor. Don't get me wrong. I like, I think she's great. And I think she has the ability to melt into roles like the four lions or, uh, wait, is that what it was called? No, that's, the, four lions. that's the, the, the funny movie about terrorism, right? Yes. Yes. The, what the, what the hell am I thinking of? Australia. Yes. <laughs> the, the little lion, the, Oh my god! I'm having a brain Sleep melt little today. Little Lion Man. What? Like what? Are you, what? What is the movie that you're thinking of about? Uh, it's a little boy who gets lost in India and then he gets separated from his family and is adopted oh, to Australia. Damn it all! And Dev Patel's in it. Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah, I saw it. It's isn't it just Lion? It is. It's oh my god! Is lion. it called Lion? It's, it's just it's Lion. Also, you know, I blame I blame in, them for that. Also movie. released in 2016. This same year as The Legend of Tarzan. Well, anyway, Nicole Kidman's great in that. And that's an example of how she can melt into roles. Um, But aside from her, I mean, and and she's she's fine. She's not like the focus of the movie. Um, I can't pronounce his name, but Clace Bang. Is that how you say it? Sure, why not? Clace Bang. He is wonderful as Uncle Scar. I mean, fabulous. So I don't know. Even Ethan Hawke. Willem Dafoe, like Bjork, like Jesus. There's so many good performances. I'm just thinking like, oh my God, there are so many great people in this movie. It just really, really comes together. And I just had a blast. I had a total blast with this. So I think we all Yeah. Is it wrong that I think Uncle Scar is hot? Like, Wait, you know the lion? Because everyone agrees that Scar is hot. Yeah. Uncle Scar is like genderless attractant. No, 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 not that. Oh, no. So you mean Fjolnir? Yeah, yeah. Fjolnir. Fjolnir. Obviously, yes. none of you people have played Skyrim because you are having a lot of trouble with these Viking <laughs> names. No. Um, but the great, but the great curly hair. I'm in. <laughs> oh yeah, when he's younger, he's not that hot. But when he's got like a little salt and pepper going on, and he's real upset because a lot of people around him are dying, that's when he gets hot. Yeah, agree. I like, a, okay. I like a silver fox in distress because I feel like that's going to be most of my future. <laughs> wow, that's your present and your past. <laughs> I'm not silver enough to be a silver fox yet. Oh my god, I got a little on the beard though. Um, yeah. Uh, so as for my nutshell review, uh, this movie fucking rules. And it's just. Um. Yeah, uh, I I don't know I don't know what it is. Every time I walk into a Robert Eggers film, I seem to forget how weird he is. Because I like I walk into The Witch and I'm like, 
this is going to be a fun story about like a family in the woods and it's going to be like very like historically accurate. And Have then, you like, never seen trailers before? <laughs> but then like, that's the thing. It's like, but then like, oh, like 13 seconds into this movie, there's a baby that's about to be sacrificed to a witch that stole the baby. And like, we're not, we're not not seeing it. Like it's there. The witch exists. She's real. Um, and then the lighthouse, similar. It's just like, oh, I'm going to see this, like, you know, very accurate portrayal of lighthouse keeping. It's like, yes, but there will also be a murder bird and a really, <laughs> a really creepy mermaid and some of the, like, really weird stuff. And then I walk into this movie and I'm like, can't wait to see a totally 100% accurate depiction of Viking life, which you do get, but you also get witches and seers and hallucinogenic shit and trees that families grow on and it's just literally I like that right i like it, that there's just i love the the way that eggers doesn't only reflect the uh the actual reality but also reflects like the cultural reality through his literalization of the myths and the uncertainties and the fears and the superstitions of these people like that shit is my heroine like hook it to my christ forsaken veins and just pump it into me until i die in my sleep like this is awesome i love it i love that a guy walks into a cave and there's just a dude there sitting in front of a fire and he's like i'm gonna tell you the rest of your life and i'm gonna use this mummified head to help and Amleth is just like, perfect. This is what I was looking for. And sits down and listens and then has to go get an ageless sword that can only be used at night that screams for blood. Like, I just, this movie rules. There's not a part of this movie I don't like. Everything's awesome. Anya Taylor-Joy has a scene that I have replayed in my head over and over again, even though I don't speak the language she's talking in the entire time. What, Kievan Rus? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like when she's on that boat and is like screaming for the winds to come. And I'm just like, fuck yeah, bring the winds. Give her the winds. It's just, it's so incredible. And everything in this movie rules. I love the, 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 the tactility. I love the action scenes that take place in, in these wonders that he has established as this kind of thing. It's it just rules. It's awesome. I love it. It was great. Uh, I just uh, uh, just like like it's just great. It's fucking awesome. I love it. There you go. <laughs> Both. Is anyone else of Eastern European descent? Uh. So uh, no, no, not no. I um. Uh-uh. So I. No, I don't think I go that far east. I know that I got my DNA results back and uh, I could look them up, but I, I think like the furthest I get is like Italy. What? Yeah, like it's I don't. Not I don't that, it's not that far east. I know it's crazy. Like that's I'm I'm very I'm very much pulled to the side. Well, first of all, my dad is a hundred percent Irish. Like on my dad's side, mm-hmm. it's like congratulations, you come from this one town in Ireland. <laughs> Explains then, the forty beers. Yeah, I'll 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 tell a story a little bit. Um, So there is a trend in fitness in CrossFit where the Icelandic women are like 
a ever-growing presence in CrossFit doing really, really well. Like and literal f- Icelandic women. Like Yes, literally okay. from Iceland. Um, there is a woman named Iceland Annie. Um, <laughs> it, that's that's her nickname. Uh, but wow. so like let Tokyo me... Let me let me tell you a little bit about like my first exposure to like the upper echelon of of CrossFit. I turned on ESPN one day and I saw some p- people lifting weights and I was like, what the fuck is this? And it was in like a tennis stadium over in Southern California. And I was like, oh, this is fun. And they announced this woman that was competing and her name was Annie Thor's daughter. And I was just like, wait, wh- what did is that a joke? And then I was like, wait, Thor's daughter? I was like, that's fucking insane. No, it turns out it is Thor's daughter. But, uh, you know, when when you say it out loud, people have a tendency to, uh, you know, uh, delete the I a little bit. But yeah, her name is Annie Thor's daughter. And she is an Icelandic woman. She has abs, like a turtle shell abs. And, uh, she's insane. She's very strong. She's very fit looking. Um, but yeah, they, there's like three or four other Icelandic women. Uh, Katrin David's daughter has won twice. Annie Thor's daughter has won twice. So like there are, there's a number of Icelandic women. And the other fun thing is because they come from Iceland, when they do these kind of behind the scenes, like, you know, they're very popular on Instagram and have a a good social media following. I think Annie probably has like a blog or a a vlog right on YouTube, all this other stuff. Uh, And so every now and then they speak in what is it Icelandish I don't I don't fucking know Uh, I I don't know what the native tongue over there is Uh, but they speak in that language every now and then because uh, Katrin's like middle name is like has a lot of like accents above it and you're just like what how do I say that Uh, there's another uh, woman that's called Sarah Sigmund's daughter that uh, her actual first name is like just it looks like gibberish and you're just like whoa that's a whoa and so every now and then she'll say her name and you're just like is there a slow-mo feature to this i need to break this down to like 0.5 uh so yeah uh it's interesting hearing that language from them and then also hearing that language in here uh do we hear that language here like is it is this movie I don't even know what language this movie uses because Icelandic <laughs> would not have necessarily been developed, right? Well, I mean, they're they like speak colonizing English, which it. again, you know, wasn't really. But like, I mean, some of the seers and oracles and and people scream in other languages, so I don't know. I but is it no Icelandic? Idea. That's the question. I don't think it would have been because historically, Icelandic would not have been developed right. as a language. It, it, but... It's like some sort of runic. I'm I'm trying to see if I can languages. English and that I don't know if this is thank you IMDb it's English and then Norse comma old (laughs) which could you know there is a thing called old English so it's possible that Norse old is a concept but 
I'm I'm looking up. I'm sure uh, Old Ray- Norse is a Reykjavik. Thing. I'm looking up Reykjavik and wanna, seeing what kind of language they speak. I decided, uh, Robin, to answer your question, to look up my ancestry DNA results, and they have been updated since the last time I looked. Huh. So I'm 48% Irish, but then I am apparently 14% Sweden and Denmark. Whoa. Then I get 13% Southern Italian. 11% Indigenous American, uh, 7% Spain. Those two are pretty much melded because I'm I'm a, of, of Mexican extraction there. Then I also have another 3% from Northern Italy. Then England and Northwestern Europe, which is 2% and is also super vague. Thanks, Ancestry. But then I also have 1% from Mali and 1% from Portugal. Interesting. Yeah, so, so I'm going to have to look into this some more. And uh, apparently I am f- my... Particular level of extraction, it is possible that I have a connection to Chechia. That wait, so, that's crazy. Yeah. My uh, great grandfather is from Sweden and his father actually went back. Why? Um Healthcare? both of both of my great grandparents, my both of my great grandfathers came to the United States and went back home. Where did they settle? Um, so at opposite ends of the earth. Um, my great-grandfather went back to Sweden, my Jansson. So I, my great-grandfather was Hollis Jansson, but his father went back to see Sweden and settled. My Puerto Rican grandfather came to New York, and he, he would tell the story that he would be on the streets of New York, and he like grew up in the sticks. Um, he or what the Spanish would call campesinos. They lived up in the up in the mountains, and in New York, when he lived there, he was a dishwasher, and there were still police on the corner. And they're like, "Come on, come on, okay, it's okay for you to walk." And he he told told the story in Spanish, which made it funnier. But he would tell the police officers, "You walk first, because I want to make sure that you don't get hit." Hmm. So he. So your grandfather was West Side Story. <laughs> Um, my mom and dad were. Wow. My mom and dad were. A bunch. Yeah, my mother doesn't dance. It's not pretty. She's super white. Um, so we're but, half you of know, the people in the West Side Story, but they were fantastic. Mm. Yeah, they're pretty great. Um, but Dana. yeah, and it was about that time. It's probably why I love West Side Story mm. because my parents met in 1968. So it's wow. just about right. But, you know, when, when you look at my children, you would never think that, A, they were Puerto Rican or that their father is 100% Italian. They are blonde and blue-eyed. They're children yeah. of corn. <laughs> There's <Jesus> no... <laughs> Julia walked into the German pavilion at, at Epcot. She's like, my people. I'm like, no. Sick. <laughs> I'm an Aryan mama. Yeah, that's sick. Um, the reason I was I curious can't think is of much creepier anybody... than a child screaming, I'm Arian Mama. We're ready to learn about Iceland and Icelandic language a little bit. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Teach us, okay. Bill. <laughs> so the Icelandic language dates back to the ninth century. Oh, um, shit. It's it's very little has changed. So they actually should be able to with relative ease, be able to read like medieval texts and stuff like that. Um, it is called Icelandic. 
Um, <laughs> I didn't make that up. Nice. Um, let's see here. What else do we want to know? You said I slammed uh, this. <laughs> oh, did I? Okay. I slammed it. Rewind. Uh, uh, but uh, it's practically identical to Old Norse. Um, so, oh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah. More closely also related to old English. So I bet you probably a lot of what they're speaking in this is probably, you know, uh, <laughs> it's, it's probably closely related to Icelandic. So yeah. interesting. This is super interesting to me because it's very, the movie is very much about the colonization of Iceland to some degree, or at least oh, you yeah. see that. A also bit. just about how fucking awful the Vikings were. <laughs> Yeah, they're douche. I mean, that's so that's why I was asking, because I I was watching this movie and, you know, he he being um, Amleth, uh, which I definitely heard it as Hamlet when I was watching it. I was as like, oh, well okay, you should. Kind of, that's when I was like, ding, ding, ding. But I was watching this and, and he goes to this transformation, you know, this very Simba like transformation where he goes away for a little while. And <laughs> yeah, he gets except his involved with like the wrong are a, a <laughs> old man who screams at them to become wolves and then sends them to eat people. Yeah, yeah. He goes through like, the bad boy phase. <laughs> His Timon and Pumbaa are like literal Vikings. Um, and then he goes to this village and you watch this pillaging of this Kiev and Rus village. And I kept thinking like, am I watching my people's history? Like, am I watching the several rapes that have led to me at some point. Like, Wait, well, that's like, I'm looking at my ancestry right now and I'm like really side-eyeing those Swedish and Denmark people. Cause I'm like, well, okay. Guys- Think about all those Northmen who came to Ireland. Oh, well, oh, so that's an, I mean, yeah. So I do know about that, which is, uh, yeah. I mean, so what's funny is watching this movie and having to sympathize with the Viking after watching the secret of Kells which is about <laughs> 14 foot tall Shoggoth looking Vikings murdering peaceful monks in Ireland. Whoops. Yeah. Um, so that's fun. And also, I mean, this movie has some Irish slaves in it, mm-hmm. which again, like mm-hmm. is uh, like my people. So like, yeah, I'm watching like, you know, the first wave of, uh, you know, Europeans being shitty to the Irish. Oh my god! <laughs> Which is world's tiniest violin? No. Oh, for you know, um, come on. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, we know, know how many genocides the Irish have been through. Right? Like how many? How many Holdemar style like famines have to be put out for us to give a shit about the Irish? Um, but it's fine. The we're Irish able take to, some shit. We're able to breed ourselves <laughs> back up to numbers pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> I can say that because I'm Irish. But yeah, I mean, that was one of the that's one of those things where I'm watching this movie and it's kind of interesting to be reminded of like this whole history of mine that I don't know because mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's just it's not something that really gets focused on. Like, uh, you know, my friend and I went and saw this movie and we're kind of like shocked at how little we knew about, you know, Viking anything like, you know, it's like, oh, I didn't realize they did like human sacrifices. I didn't know that like all of this stuff was happening. I didn't know that like they went to, you know, Kevin Roos and all the way to all these other places. And honestly, I don't think I would have realized if not for the secret of Kells that they had really gone that hard on Ireland. I know that like, you know, Lachlan is, is like a, a name that came about because of the Viking incursions into Ireland. But like, 
yeah, it's just it's it's almost fun to look at this movie and be like, wow, I have so much history that I have no goddamn clue about. Uh, especially for you me. should watch Uhtred, Son of Uhtred. It's on Netflix. I will have to look that up. It's it's huh. not actually called Uhtred, but it's basically like the same shit here. So if you like something like this, then a show about basically like oh, the history show, of <laughs> it's a TV series okay. that is about the prehistory or, or of the not prehistory, but the history of England before the conquering before William the first. Nice. Um, so it's but about like, the Middle Ages of, of England. It's and, and it's about the Danes and the Vikings and nice. what happened there. So it may pique your interest. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I mean it's like it's like reading uh you know, the Ton, which is I am probably mispronouncing that, but it's it's this like Irish epic from like, you know, the seventh century about like a cattle raid war and this one youth who has to stand up against the armies of the South and you're just like, well, yeah, there's like a whole there's a whole thing before St. Patrick came in and was just like, hey, chill, guys. I'm going to take the snakes. Away. So that was a real guy. St. Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real guy. Um, mm-hmm. I do love I do. Uh, you know, just talking about like shit in this movie that I love. Uh, yeah, there's there's at least two Irish slaves. And the second that uh, Amleth starts to put his like bloody vengeance into motion, these people are immediately like the fucking Christians did it. Their God is a corpse nailed to a tree. <laughs> and my friend and I, both of whom are Catholic, just turned to each other and I was like, fuck yeah. That's fucking, that's like the most metal way that you could describe Christ on earth. It's just like, yeah, my God is a corpse nailed to a tree. I will take it. <laughs> that's so I mean, much- it's funny that we were talking about how fucking brutal our protagonist is because he's not brutal for that long. I mean, he goes from being this little like bitchy boy to like a victim real quick. And then he goes away and has his Timon and Pumbaa, like, you know, the lost years. And then he's immediately humbled by his fate when he realizes that he has to go do this thing. And he learns, by the way, his little Timon and Pumbaa lost years. Like that doesn't involve (laughs) ripping a man's throat out with his teeth. Yeah. Yeah. He's like doing all that bad boy shit, like his rum springa. And (laughs) then you know, goes, swinging on a vine, eating bugs, <laughs> chopping people up, ripping their throats out, drinking Then he blood. realizes he has to enslave himself in order to find his uncle. His uncle who immediately lost their kingdom, like, right after he... Like a dick. Father. Yeah, totally lost because, because he overhunted the pride lands, and now the exactly. herds are moving. Now he, <laughs> so he's got no fucking kingdom to go back to. He's got to go to like the wastelands of fucking Iceland. So he enslaves himself, jumps into the water, and is like, oh, I guess I'm like humbled now. And this woman, this Anya Taylor Joy character, is like, weren't you like this guy that was just, you know, pillaging my village? And he's like, and they immediately have this connection. And he, like, at some point, they're rocking around on the boat, and she decides that he's good now. She like they cuddle or something. There's no moment of redemption. He's just full on like, I gotta go do this thing. I'm a new man. And I she have, recognizes you, it see, right Madam, away. I have cut off my hair. I have branded myself a slave. Exactly. I got some shit to do in Iceland. And she's like, All right, all right, I see you. She doesn't even question it. She's just like, Oh, okay, okay. This guy's, you know, I redemption. wonder if it's just like 
you know, nowadays, if someone says, like, I can't go to Panera, I have to, like, pick my son up at soccer practice, you're like, uh, does he really have to? Like, maybe he just doesn't like Panera, maybe he doesn't like me. You know, maybe, like, I said something that offended Maybe, like, back then there just wasn't as much subtext, and so everyone just got to speak their truth <laughs> and be believed. You know? Like, maybe. A I man mean- climbs onto a boat that's already at sea. After having branded himself and cut off his hair and dressed himself in corpse clothes, you just like are like, yeah, this is a motherfucker who knows what he's doing and I'm into it. So you were describing the movie earlier, Brian, as this non-literal take on mythology. Oh, no, it's like a literal take on what we in a modern sense look at as like, you know, mythology and fairy tale. Okay, so what I'm thinking is like, but it's not this totally dense, uh, stripped of magic story, you know, that's that's like the uh, blood and bones version of this tale. It is a it's a story infused with magic, infused with fantasy and. I don't know, yeah, fire like, and blood and all that shit. Wasn't it? Was it Troy? Was the movie with Brad Pitt as Achilles, but like they don't have any gods or anything in it? That's yeah, I think so. It's yeah, the literal. Like it's, it's the literalized version of this of this mythology. So right. it's very. What and and then you were describing it as it like as a instead of a of a an, an exact interpretation or a or a I'm trying to think of the word like a like a plain interpretation it's infused with the cultural reality of the of the time period you know so this is a time period that people believe in mythos and they believe in all in gods and goddesses and and all the things that we think of as um you know not real or like spectral or whatever then what eggers is doing is he's taking he's creating or recreating the reality of the people who lived in like the ninth century, for example. Mm. And that reminds me of this, um, this theory called the bicameral mentality. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's like this theory in psychology and neuroscience, which I don't necessarily subscribe to, but it's, it's, it's an interesting uh, hypothesis. And I'm just looking at the Wikipedia and it argues that the human mind once operated in a state which cognitive functions were divided between one part of the brain, which appears to be speaking, and the second part, which listens and obeys. So it's the idea that your mind was split between the right hemisphere and the left hemisphere. And so people, you know, who could have lived like hundreds or thousands of years ago may have uh, heard voices or, or heard gods and goddesses or ghosts speaking to them it was part of the it's part of this idea of like why mythos or like mythology or um supernatural things were a huge part of life for early humans Mm -hmm. because it's because the brain or the consciousness wasn't developed or something like that i don't necessarily this seems like a little bit you know outside of i'm a very literal thinker when or uh, not literal but um I'm a very pragmatic thinker when it comes to science, but I know a lot of people think this is a really interesting um, theory. So like so, they couldn't, is the idea that like 
Is this like, okay, so like I've heard before that like the concept of like people transmuting is like a man walks behind a tree and then someone looks where the man should be and sees a wolf and their thought isn't the man has like walked away behind the tree and I just don't see mm-hmm. him and that wolf appeared somewhere else. That man has turned into a wolf. It's like they just weren't prepared to take like the extra cognitive steps because like there was a literal section of their mind that wasn't yet joined to like the more creative speech creation start part of their mind. Yeah. It's this idea that you kind of existed in two states of reality and, and because you're, because there's this theory that the consciousness hadn't yet developed. I mean, again, this is like a little bullshitty to me, but it's, it, I think it <laughs> speaks to the, it speaks to the sort of milieu of this movie, which is <laughs> like people sort of existing in this state of, fantasy at all times like there is something in the air that's majestic and mythical and it's their reality uh as they knew it versus you know what we in the 21st century would think of as just like oh this is just like you know some sprinkly dust stuff that they're doing because (laughs) there's lots of magic that happens in this movie Mm -hmm. there's like you said swords and fantasy sequences of people battling uh, zombies. I don't, I don't know zombies, the, the skeletons. It's like a revenant least. king. Exactly. You have oracles. Uh, you have ghosts. You have all this kind of stuff that probably just seemed super, just part of daily life for people who. Oh, yeah. There's never a point when he's a thousand like, years ago. He's never like, oh boy, like it's really weird all this shit that's happening to me. He's like, oh, you're my witch. Oh, cool. All right. What am I supposed to do? Exactly. It's like very, very pre-enlightenment, you know, (laughs) like, but she's communing with the earth. And I mean, if, if if we're going to get down to it and get to the idea of the Wiccan and, and, and that, that community with earth Mm. and and so much of Catholicism is based on Wiccan. Yeah. Here she goes straight. Catholics (laughs) going straight to hell. Um, But so many, the, the calendar and, how do you draw people to your religion? You, you bank on what they already know and, and you, you cater to what that Wiccan religion was. That's why you have Easter and spring. That's a spring solstice, you know? So it's the, the, the mythology or, or the, the mysticism that people already believe in. And that's the interesting thing for me. And I think the other thing I was thinking while you were speaking is that, David and I just finished Yellowstone mm. nice. and 1883. Yeah, well, okay. we're all caught up and, and I'm pissed. Um, <laughs> like in a good way or like, oh, this has really gone downhill kind of way? No, no, I need more. Oh, okay. um, I, I went on wild to me. and I That's saw the, the pilot episode and I was like, oh, that was really good. And then I realized I can't watch anymore unless I get Peacock Premium. So now I'm pissed. I too am pissed, so, so- Evelyn. So what I will do is I I will drop my my password in the in the comments. I love it. <laughs> but you know, with the Native Americans, there's a lot of talk of you know going in into the the sweat lodge and and again you know getting into the mysticism and and the layer of reality that we can't see. And I, I I'm down with that. Like oh I love that. Wait, I tell mean, me like- more about this lodge thing. Well, <laughs> you don't the know whole sweat lodge, lodge thing? No, no, no. Like, are you referring to Yellowstone specifically? Yeah. 
I don't remember this at all. And I just watched the pilot a few weeks ago. Well, okay, I don't so think the pilot doesn't have it. I'm sure that later. No, on no, it's, it's, it's the fourth season. maybe. Oh, okay. Okay. I am. I'm still on. It's, it's way in. It's way in. But I'm going to tell you the Yellowstone definitely grew on me. The first three episodes. I'm like, Oh no, hell no. I no, can't, it, I can't. it got, I was really itchy for like the first four episodes. And then for some reason, the fifth episode clicked for me. And 1883 was absolutely, completely beautiful, heartbreaking, gore, just. Oh, perfect. Oh, I thought gorgeous. you said gore. I thought you were like gore. Oh, well, there, there's gore as there's well. There's gore, but, and it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. gorgeous. Just. It is just, it is so like beautifully gore. filmed. <laughs> but again, you know, that whole mysticism of, of the people who are native to the land. And, and the rever- reverberation of, of the earth. That's like, you know, like I, you know, when I, when I met my now ex-wife, so this might be a bad example, but whatever. And she was like, oh, you're Catholic. Like I, I subscribe to a form of witchcraft. I don't know if that's going to be all right with you. I'm like, dude, as long as you're not an atheist, I don't care. And she was like, she was like, <laughs> she's like, really? Why? And I was like, I don't know. Atheists just for me. Like I need someone to have some spiritual level in their life, like that feels like an essential aspect of human nature. And if you've like talked yourself out of it, I just don't care to like have any kind of romantic connection with you. Um, so, hey, everyone out there, uh, I know about demi and sapiosexual. Can you find me no, a term that up. means uh, attracted to someone of religious faith? Not in a fetishy way, but like in an actual <laughs> romantic way. Anyway, thank you, all of our varied listeners. <laughs> Don't listen to Robin. I want to know. Um, but yeah, Don't I Don't tell me you're a demi-fucking-sapiosexual. I have bad news for you, Robin. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> I am attracted That's not to a thing. I know it's not a thing. I make... You know what? We can't get into it. I'm going to get canceled, and I don't want to. But, um, <laughs> you know, back in, ba- back in my day... <laughs> You know, if you liked someone who was smart and who you romantically attracted to you, those were called factory settings. Mm. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, now that I've gone on that old man style rant um, and alienated all of our Gen Z listeners, uh, The Northman, a fantastic movie. No, I just I love I love any movie that takes any kind of religious face seriously. And then to have this movie, which kind of, again, goes with the thing with the witch where it's like. What if we imagine that they were right? Like, I love that. I, like, right. the thing that annoyed me about Troy, again, was like, I don't get a scene where a god dips this dude in a pool, but has to hold on to his ankle. And so that's why his heels, like, you know, his one weakness, like, just getting Brad Pitt being awesome. Like, this is sucks. Like, give me the gods. Where are the gods? You know, so like, I, you know, I always, I always kind of get nervous whenever someone's like, we're making a movie about an old school thing. And then they're like, but we're going to ground it and strip it. Yeah, exactly. That's the word grounded. Like, like that's what actually makes it super like, okay. You know how a lot of directors kept doing Robin Hood, but literal, like grounded, gritty Robin Hood. And what you want is like merry old fucking England Robin Hood. I want Errol Flynn grinning his ass off, having the time of his life Robin Hood. Exactly. And this is what I like about the movie is that it gives it gives us grit. It gives us blood and soil and bone and all that beautiful shit. But it also gives us like Bjork 
who is telling the future. The world's coolest wheat headdress. Oh, hell yeah. God, beautiful. Her little shells over the eyes. Yeah, poopy shell eye things. Yeah. Yeah. We should talk about some of what you kind of described as the Easter eggs, Evelyn, which is, Mm -hmm. I mean, getting into spoilers, and if that's okay, this movie is absolutely Hamlet. And if you know anything about Hamlet, you know exactly where it's going. Yes, it is except, so Hamlet that it's the Lion King. Except that, he, yeah, it, so that's the thing, is that it's like, it's Hamlet, right? But like, rated R. Um, but then also, <laughs> it's the Lion King, because at the end, like, at least one person lives. Like, you know, this movie, Anya Taylor-Joy gets to go off and have twins. So it's also yeah. Revenge of the Sith, which is nuts. But you have... Um... Oh, his name just got away from me. Horatio lives at the end of Hamlet. Mm-hmm. He has to tell the story. Yeah. Well, Anya Taylor-Joy gets to tell the story, the screaming story. for the wind to come and take her ship, which it does, because the wind listens when you scream at it. Well, she's a witch. I mean, she's like, that's... I'm going to plant a fucking forest of birch trees. And everyone's like, whoa, she's intense. Uh, but I believe she did it. It's also the Lion King because you got the boy and his uncle fighting each other in front of the fire on a rock. Like, yeah, it's also Revenge of the Sith because you have like the guy and another person fighting on it. But and and while his like pregnant wife runs off to have twins somewhere. Oh, God, don't remind me of that. (laughs) Somebody on Reddit was like, we should have a prequel to Harry Potter that's just about the origins of Voldemort. I'm like, have you seen? Isn't that the Star Wars prequel? Fantastic Beasts and How to Fit no, Them? Whatever. No, that's like not the storyline. Voldemort is not a part of those movies. It's a whole I thought other that he thing. was Johnny Depp. No. no. That's, oh. oh my God. That's Gellert Grindelwald. I don't. Oh my you God. know what? You know what I never read and only saw? AKA Dumbledore's ex lover. Oh, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Wait. You've never read Harry Potter? No. <gasps> You're fucking oh. canceled. I <laughs> I don't know. Opposite of that. Well, J.K. Rowling can be canceled, but I feel like yes, you're <laughs> I was about to say, is that a thing? Like, I feel like if I were like, hey, guys, I've decided suddenly to read Harry Potter, I would be immediately no, thrown death into of the a fire. Author, like, th- no, I'm very much a believer in death of the As author. As a person who loves the, person, the fiction of H.P. Lovecraft, I agree with you. Yeah, you got Oh my to. God, world's biggest racist. Yeah, he was, <laughs> yeah. that's the best part, is that I, I understand people who are like, yeah, but you know, everyone was a little back then. I'm like, oh no, oh no. H.P. No. Lovecraft would have been uncomfortably shown out of a party even back then. Like, people would be like, look, I'm not a fan of the Jews like anyone else, but that Lovecraft guy... <laughs> Is just too those much are not me. words you can put on a podcast, Brian, <laughs> even in jest, because somebody will deep fake you. That's fine. Okay, we we've we didn't even bring it up like last episode. I think last episode was technically like our our ten year anniversary. Hooray for us! Um, hmm. But I also wasn't really on the last episode. So hey, guess what? Ten years of the film stage show. Someone could deep fake me saying almost anything by now. If you were to feed 10 years worth of this podcast, you could make me <laughs> say whatever you want in probably whatever language you want. I've probably made every vocalization that a human being could make at this point. Please don't prove me right, Internet. Just take my word for it. 
please can we not yeah no hp lovecraft was like horrible like and he's one of those racists who was like super racist against uh, other like europeans too you know like i read one of his stories yesterday and he was just like the hunched grotesque irish and the stupidest fuck (laughs) poles and i was like come on you know and that's a funny thing to me i'm sorry but like you can't be like haha look it's baby cthulhu and then go around like (laughs) saying shit about harry potter can you imagine trying to explain any of the letters in the lgbtqi thing to hp lovecraft he would (laughs) immediately commit suicide well is that the worst thing because that's what all of his characters do. They're like, oh, shit, I found out that, like, you know, my my father There's was an a eldritch Welshman. evil. And now I'm going to blow my brains out. Oh, or that. Um, I, I teach the rats in the walls in my yeah. sci-fi oh, oh, yeah. class. You, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, And I'm like, and the cat's name is N-Man. I'm like, all right, listen. <laughs> We're going to ignore the fact that he's a raging racist. Yeah, you're just like, all right. Well, you shouldn't ignore it. You should talk about it. And then. Oh, we we do. But, you know. Um, What's weird is how aware of the evil of his thoughts he seems to be. Because especially in The Rat in the Walls, he's like, of course I, you know, why shouldn't a De La Poor eat uh, a whatever? I can't remember the, the gardener's name or whatever. But he's like, yeah. Yeah, uh, the the bleak history of our family is that my family was more racially pure than his, and we used to breed his yeah. like like uh, ancestors as livestock and eat them. So of course I did it. Fuck you guys. Damn right I'm, I did. Damn right. I did. Yeah, and then he's like, <laughs> I mean, it's just like okay, but Lovecraft, do you see? He's the bad guy. You you understand that, right? Like, but your own thought. No, you're f- okay. All right. Well, okay, you know, here's yeah. 176 dollars. We're gonna publish this, and uh, <laughs> people are gonna on. read it for the next hundred years. And for 50 of those, it's gonna be really awkward when we get to the cat's name. But it's kind of funny because there are so many writers like Lovecraft that tell on themselves. I mean, it's, it's not as though Polanski hasn't written movies about molestation and sexual abuse because mm-hmm. he certainly has and how devastating those things can be. It's not like we haven't had, you know, Louis CK doing episodes of Louie about the same topic and uh, whoopsie, I guess like, yep. It's in fact, you could argue it's those men working out their inner demons through their art. Yeah. Like trying to understand their own, their own shit. Yeah. Don't, don't give it. I mean, I don't know about JK Rowling. Gender does not come up as a concept in, in Harry Potter, really. Oh, well, then that, I don't like, want to read it. <laughs> it's just she, not like a thing. I gave up after book four because she gets so preachy that she annoyed the shit out of me. Preachy about, about what? what? Like the house elves? No, no, about, oh, mudbloods and we should be taller. And I'm like, shut the fuck up <laughs> and give me the story. Well, that's kind of, that's the irony is that she preaches like... Well, that's like not to not to bring up TikTok again, Um, but there was a guy on TikTok who, you know, had like a pierced nostril and basically was like, oh, men are sexual predators. Um, You know, women are right to fear men, blah, blah, blah. I'm an ally. Blah, blah. Like we should shut up and listen to women. Okay, but the twist is let me know if this is going to blow your fucking mind because this has never happened before. (laughs) He was a predator. And almost everything that he said, he plagiarized from a woman. 
Gross. Yeah, that sounds about right. And it's just me. like, well, of course. Like, of course it was. Are you kidding me? Like, that's just how these people are. Like, that's what the history of the world is. Oh, man. Anyway, in this movie, they play hurling, and it's really violent. (laughs) (laughs) I I did not know what that was. I was like, is this proto-Quidditch? It's like, it's, god damn it. No, it's, I think they call it Kamagi. And it is definitely, it is like a precursor to hurling. In fact, I knew exactly who was winning at any given point, not just because of how many people were unconscious. Um, (laughs) It was fucking awesome. And also, uh... I literally thought I was going to see a child's skull get caved in. It was like good times. It was such a half door. God. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, that guy, the, the main antagonist in that sequence right, the is the guy who uh, Alexander Skarsgård's mighty ducks. <laughs> he is Haftor Bjornsson, and he is one of the world's strongest men. He retired in 2020. Uh, also, he's Gregor Clegane, a.k.a. the Mountain oh, in the, the mountain. Game of Thrones. Also, it's oh, interesting his name is Haftor because he looks like a full Thor to me. <laughs> yes. <You're> right. uh, <laughs> We're done here. <laughs> he looks like a half Thor to me. I'm single, ladies. If that's a half Thor, I'd hate to see a whole one. <laughs> anyway yeah no that was again that was i'm just gonna say that part was fucking metal as shit <laughs> good times i'm like yes oh god i'm a savage i don't know what happened to me <laughs> i feel like we all need like a movie like this every once in a while to remind us that like beneath all of our you know anthropology sweaters and and ugg boots and whatever we all just want to brain someone with a tree limb <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Let's do it. Heck yeah. I um I like I you know, speaking of the fact that this is Hamlet, which is one hundred percent Hamlet, I like that we do get uh Hy- Hymir's, uh head and and I think Hamlet even says I knew him well. Uh, oh yeah, did. I mean there's <laughs> there's so many scenes here where it was like this isn't even the pre-myth like they didn't even bother doing half the shit in the amleth myth they just went full-on shakespeare right now i mean <laughs> i love that shakespeare um i do like that unlike you know the the beta male hamlet there's never a point where amleth is like oh maybe i should just kill myself instead yeah, he just no, wakes up every day and he's like today's the day i take a life i mean I'm going to be as creative as possible. You know who never, you know who would never charge down a hill screaming, unleash my woman and I'll give you your son's heart back? Hamlet. Hamlet would never dare be as metal. No, because Hamlet's a little bitch. I mean, that's the thing. And that's the, like, that's like, it. it, what's funny is we talk about like, um, you know, Troy and like, oh, like these boring adaptations that ground it and make it like, I feel like. Shakespeare has been proven through this movie to be the originator of that because you take blood-drenched, shrieking, throat-biting Amleth and turn him into emo fuckboy Hamlet. <laughs> you turn him from a berserker. You gotta use that in uh, your next lesson. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm taking Ham- notes. <laughs> you know, it's emo like, oh, boy. we've got this kick-ass, murderous person, and Shakespeare's like, oh, he should be conflicted and sad about it. He's gonna worry about going to hell. Um- yeah. No, <laughs> it, and Amleth is like, I've got a fucking heart in this sack. 
50 to one, it's your kids. You know, you want it back, motherfucker? Let's fight for it. Well, he does. He does eventually realize, like in this film. Uh, I guess we're fully into spoilers yeah, by now. Um, oh yeah, it, but he does realize halfway through, or not halfway through, towards the end of this film, that like, okay, either. I'm going to continue on this journey with my lovely new uh, woman who is pregnant with twins, or I can take revenge and also make sure that he doesn't take revenge on me. And so I think there is a moment in this film where Skarsgård's character like changes just a little bit, just enough to kind of bring a new wrinkle where he's like, look, we could run and we could escape and probably be good for a while, but eventually he's just going to hunt us down. So, well, yeah, because you know. he's willing to go until he realizes like that there's going to be kids, and he's like, oh fuck. <laughs> and he like again, yeah, he doesn't have a soliloquy where he's like, oh, to protect my children, oh, to be there for like you know, is it better to be there for them in the way that I can be, or to like take myself out now but ensure their safety? He's like. <sighs> shit. All right. I've got kids. I got to go fight on a volcano. You know, um, I'm not going to even bother telling you to wait for me because we both know how this is going to end. Peace out. Yeah. And he just he just takes off. He's like, uh, you know, shores a mile and a half away. I, yeah, right. I, I got I it again. Have to do an ocean journey swimming, which reminded me of yeah. Beowulf when Beowulf. Yeah. Like, the, the, yeah the, I the, swam across the English Channel. The, the, the fact shit. that he yeah sort of Diana Nyad big deal <laughs> yeah but Beowulf had to fight some sea monsters did uh, she what I, what I love is that at some point early on in the film after he like brands himself and like throws himself into the water he like chases down a boat and then yeah. hops on and you're just like wait what <laughs> was that boat stationary yeah it was just like wait the, what the fuck I also like, love this that is a full on boat with like those... people rowing and stuff and he's just like nah I gotcha <laughs> I love how those slavers at some point had to be like hey Fjorn did you count how many slaves we had <laughs> yeah why we had like 16 it's like well we've got 17 now 17. and it's like ah it's a baker's dozen of slaves. I, I, like, I, I don't I don't think they cared too much, except for probably during the journey, they were like, we are really ripping through our uh our our like uh our preserves funds. Yeah, by. our preserves. Like this motherfucker uh who who invited him on board? Like Jesus but Christ. But it's okay because he jumped on? into the water and came back with a fully cooked shark somehow. Because so, <laughs> he, he is Christ forsaken Amleth. The fucking yeah. most you know, uh, dude ever. And my like, husband no. told me that uh, if I told him like that we were about to have twins, he said he would also jump off the boat and <laughs> <laughs> say, see you later. But I, I do want to talk about. <laughs> but not to uh, go oh, murder the person who wants to. No, just children. feel like, uh, gotta go Lee. Ooh, I left this really important comb back on shore i'm gonna need that um i will find you birch trees right i'll look for the birch trees Uh, Um, i gotta go out for a pack of cigarettes i'll just jump on my bike i gotta go drink some hallucinogenic tea (laughs) a couple of things uh the game that they play that amleth plays is called natal eaker natal occur that's what it's oh, that's called. The, that's apparently. the early proto hurling. 
Natalie yeah, I guess Kerr. so. Yeah. <laughs> Natalie Kerr. Uh, like hurling has been around for forever. Like I'm reading the ton and it's like a big part of that is the fact that Kahulan is fucking awesome at hurling. It's like, oh, there's like a troop of 24 men. You said a lot of words that I have no idea what That's you're talking fine. about. Three so. people who are listening to this know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and cool. It's basically like if, if you had a present day story and it's like, look, this guy was so fucking awesome that he could beat an entire group of people at lacrosse alone. Mm. And there's like 400 of them and they can't even get on his back. Okay. Sounds sounds impressive. Uh, the other thing I want to I want to bring up is the Nightblade and the Nightblade sequence when yeah. he first gets it. Um, I was really struck by how interesting that sequence is because it's uh, it, he gets his ass kicked at first during that sequence, and then we see a repeat of the sequence where he just gets the sword yeah. and I was yep. curious how to like interpret and think about that sequence because it seemed like it was very fairly straightforward and I wasn't sure why we got the redux of it um in it's the same he, film because he won yeah I, I don't know I mean because like there, there you know this movie like I said like a lot of stuff is literal that's the one part where it seems like it could be just like a thought that he had and like maybe it maybe it's just that like all right you proved yourself right so video game style we're gonna put you back to full health and you get the sword and here you go yeah and you get know. to continue on or or is it that that belief in the myth in the mythic the 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 okay this is the destiny this is my fate i can't fight it and when it's time it's time Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. and he's 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 destined to get that sword, right? And like, or the blade. like I said again, and they come back to it again, where the oracle is holding what looks like um, wool the foes. Oh no, yeah, no, yeah. the um, Bjork's the seer. The, the, uh-huh. the, yeah, yeah, the seer. The, the seer. Um, she she's holding what looks like wool, mm-hmm. and that that'll spin into thread. You know, yeah, and and fate, the fates measure out, like in Hercules, the the cartoon, um, they they, <laughs> they spin the thread, they pull the thread, they measure it, the length of a man's life, and then they cut it. Mm. Unless so he's that's immortal, and then it fucks up their scissors, and, and then one goes, "What's wrong with these scissors?" <laughs> um, but yeah, wow. so that's that. That was that was the fun thing there. You so know, is it, it he's fated to have it when he has it and it works when it works because that's how it's supposed to go i also love that that like it, it literally is like it is the nightblade and guess what you can't do you cannot use the nightblade during the day yeah i i, I like how one the, the guy that's like missing half of his nose like he tries that. to like he he tries to open it and he's just like this fucking thing sucks like why do you have this stupid thing it just like throws it down <laughs> Yeah, and it's just like, dude, like you just gave him a fucking weapon, like, you know. But yeah, I I do like that sequence that it's got a rule of its own that is just like, no, you know, I can't be pulled during the day, and it's just like, okay. And he like just sure, man, he just pulled it out, and then he puts it back in. And he's about to pull it again, and he's like, oh shit, I can't open it. And then he crawls up on top of a building, and you see that the sun is up. And I was just like, oh shit. Yeah, because it's the night. Yeah, he he was about to murder his his uncle right then, and and he couldn't draw the blade. Yep. Yeah, which is another Hamlet nod. 
Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. I will I will say I liked this a shit ton more than I've liked any version of Hamlet I've ever seen. Well, I don't know. Lion Vrana? King's pretty good. Because there's no oh, stupid troop no. of actors. I love that version. It's oh, so chill. No. Robin, you like the Brana version? Yeah. Is it isn't that oh. the one he's known for? He just is such an overactor. Jesus Christ, Brana. Take a breath. Yeah, I mean, just it's a vision. He flings himself about. He flings himself about like a bitch. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so just like Hamlet would, you mean? Everyone um, who plays Hamlet's too fucking old. Yeah. Like, shouldn't old. Hamlet be like 17? Yeah, or 19 no, or something like that. 30-ish. No, he's not. That's crazy. Well, that makes me hate him even more. I that thought he was just coming back from college. I've always yeah, mentally been like, oh, well, Hamlet's like 16. I guess that's no, fine. No, 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 no. Then how is he unmarried? Is he just like a failure at all things? He's 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 a mess. He's, <laughs> he's a, a mess. mess. Okay, I will. I Okay, I'm going to remake Hamlet. All right. And I will make up for mm-hmm. the fact that he's 30 by having him have a crippling heroin addiction. Well, that he will have squandered. I'm his sure they've on. done it before. Oh, yeah. I but mean, the other- wasn't the Ethan Hawke one kind of fucked up? I oh, that, I don't watch was that, that Hamlet? Shit. That was Hamlet. Um, He's in I, fucking Blockbuster? No. <laughs> I was going to say, like, there's a joke in Community where I think that, like, you know, it's like the, the, the theater department has prop guns, right? And the head of the theater department's like, of course, we're doing a version of uh, Macbeth that takes place in gangland Chicago. And one of the characters, like, jokingly says, ooh, that sounds like a fresh take. <laughs> wait and can you tell me why hamlet's 30 um i have to go back born 29 years ago <laughs> <laughs> you mean how do you know hamlet's 30 I, yeah I do like know how this. do we and know and like i thought he was just coming back from his right. i thought training. he was like i went to prep school for like a summer and now i'm back and whoa yeah sure it's like are cruel attentions <laughs> No, it is not. Um, <laughs> it should be. All right. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be a Hamlet that takes place in like a sexy prep school, right? Um, mm-hmm. yeah, but the, the other thing that that they get right into Hamlet, 30 years old, um, is is the closet scene when he's with Glenn Close and, and it grows. I mean, see, I said Glenn Close when he's with Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's the closet scene. And if you think about the Mel Gibson version. With a Mel Gibson Close. version of Hamlet? Yeah. Shit, yeah, that's the good one. I don't think I know oh, how many oh, versions dude. of fucking Hamlet there are. 96, um, 90, 2000, 48, apparently 2019, or 2018. There's a 2009 version with David Tennant and Patrick Stewart. That's got to be like a play that they just put on screen. Okay. And then, of but, course, there's Hamlet, Glenn- too. There it is. Um, electric Boogaloo. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the, 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 the edible implications of Hamlet show up there. In the which version? The, In the Glenn Close and, and Mel Gibson no, Nicole, version. And then, oh. and then Nicole. The I thought, you were, I thought you were doing Nicole Kidman again. Yeah, no, no, no. But it, it's, it, it's, the, it's parallel. It's parallel because so the, that Oedipal the Mel Gibson shows version up was directed by Franco Zeffirelli, who Zeffirelli, did like that yes. famous 
sexy teenager version of Romeo and Juliet, who were yeah. sexy correct. teenagers. Correct. Which is not nearly as good as the the Baz Luhrmann Baz version, Lerman. let's just be honest. Okay, we're, we're not even going to get into Baz Luhrmann. I tried to explain <laughs> to my husband who Baz Luhrmann was because there's a new Baz Luhrmann film, the, the Elvis film coming out. He doesn't understand who Baz Luhrmann is. And it actually looks trading. good. I'll watch it. It looks really good. I'm in. I'm yeah, in. I'm in. I mean, we're I'm definitely going to cover it, but I'm we also have just to, like, yeah. the ca- casting looks just weird. I mean, that's kind of why you go to a Baz Luhrmann film. Also, so someone will pull out a gun that has the word dagger stamped on the side of it. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> Fucking. Okay, so like, that's who's the Ophelia? My brain exploded. Ophelia, Anya Taylor Joy, Ophelia. Yeah, yeah, but Ophelia um, goes mad. But that's the oh, thing. That's be... why I'm saying this. This movie is better than Hamlet because Hamlet's not a little bitch, as Evelyn said. <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> Where do you think you learned it from? <laughs> I taught you. <laughs> the student has become the master. Uh, Anya Taylor Joy. <laughs> exists in this and i believe would take ophelia and she, but she again if you like I, what does hamlet take place is it like 13 something or oh fuck um i get so confused with time you know how old because he is you don't know when yeah i know how old he is and i'm putting it i'm dropping it into the comments how you know it has to do with the jester scene robin where the Jester's Jester talks like, about how 13 going on 30 more like 30 I've going on since. being a little bitch <laughs> There it is. Um, okay, so yeah, so the the clown talks about how long he's known Hamlet, but yeah. Um, what was the last question? I get confused. How, what? Uh, when did Hamlet what take time? place? Um, um, I was reading the article that I sent you, Robin, and. Kind of like when Shakespeare writes Julius Caesar, he borrows from Plutarch. Mm-hmm. So the article that I sent you, the, the Amleth story, it seems that he borrowed for Hamlet. Yeah. So the time period's a little fuzzy then. Um, but let me just see. Well, it's also like how he borrows from Macbeth, and Macbeth takes place well before, you know, the Renaissance. The Renaissance. And... Why did you say it like that? That's how I say it. And actually, uh, if uh, fans who've been listening for the past 10 years will remember that Nick Newman gave me an untold amount of shit for saying it that way, even though he didn't know how to pronounce candelabra. Oh, how did he say it? He said candelabra, I think. No. (laughs) I love everyone's visceral reaction to that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the story of Hamlet is set in the late Middle Ages, 14th and 15th century, 1300 to 1499. That's right. pretty long. So if you if you go 400 years back, suddenly everyone becomes a lot more hardy. You know, Ophelia is not like, oh, Hamlet's not paying attention to me. She's like, I'm going to plant a billion birch trees. <laughs> Let's, br- Let's go. I'm going to pick um, you up after the crows have freed you and put you in a hot spring. I'm going to give birth to a girl king. How about that? Shit, yeah. How about them apples? That's, yep, yep. There is that point when she says, dost thou love apples? And someone says, yes, I find them most wonderful. <laughs> and then she says, I am carrying amless children. How dost thou like those apples? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. He gave me his seed instead of his number. <laughs> Jesus God. 
Um, and Robin, to answer your question, Helena Bonham Carter plays Ophelia in the um, Gibson version. Of course wow. she does. Man, maybe we should talk about that next week. No! All right, you're right. We already agreed to do The Legend of Tarzan. No! What, what happened to Wicker Man? I'm confused. Well, because no, we Wicker can't Man. do Wicker Man until next year, even though yes. I once again make no guarantee that I'm still going to be alive then. So, Oh, you know. my gosh. Mm-mm. Anyway, um, <laughs> I too, I've written it into my will now that someone needs to decapitate a live horse and pour that blood oh. on my soul to make sure that I get to Valhalla more quickly. <laughs> That's the most upsetting part of this whole thing is the decapitation of the horses. I'm surprised that, was that little kid was able to do it. As quickly as he did. I was impressed. I was impressed. These, fucking, these people back then were made of different stuff, says I. I don't think my daughter could decapitate a horse that quickly. Well, it's not like she ever got the opportunity. Maybe if she was trained since birth, it would and be a little different. that's what I want to talk about today. Young women today aren't given the opportunity to become <laughs> dual-wielding warrior princesses who can decapitate a horse. And that needs to change. Okay. Yeah, real she feminism. Real will come feminism. when all women can decapitate horse eye. <laughs> Did you say horse eye? Yes. Wow. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Real feminism looks like putting a weapon in your daughter's hand and telling them to kill for you. Go. <laughs> I mean, farm to table, baby. <laughs> I don't think they eat those horses. Why wouldn't they? That's good meat. Because uh, I mean, they got to burn it ritually. Yeah, yeah. And you got to burn at least one handmaiden. Yes. Yeah. She go. This, again, this, like, you know, so much cooler than Hamlet. So much better than For Hamlet. so many reasons. Are y'all I, watching Yellow Jackets? Because I feel like you'll be into it. I don't, you know, I'd have to, like, get stars or showcase yep. or epics. Or Showtime. Go, you know, Robin. Yeah, I don't have it. Yeah, I'm. I you know. I need I, to. I need to watch it. Maybe if I finally uh, yeah. quit Netflix, I'll just get shows. But like, if you, know, you enjoy supernatural, just women running around in the woods with fucking floral shit on their heads, just being crazy, then this. I mean, is we're your talking shit. about the Wicker Man, aren't we? Of course, I love that shit. <laughs> you should try and it Midsommar. out. And Midsummer, yeah, that's a good point. Yep. Midsummer's love. Yep. Yeah, man, this movie. It fucking it rules. This movie's great. What was the name of his sword again? It was like just like the undead or something like that. What the Nightblade? I know it's the Nightblade, but doesn't it have like a Christian name too? Like the Nightblade. Oh more like yeah. A, it's like it's it's uh it's nickname. You know. Yeah, it had a it had a longer name. I don't yeah, remember. Like it. the runes stamped on it were like Uchlech, the oh. undead, the Nightblade. <laughs> Does anyone remember his Princess Bride mantra at oh, all? Oh, it was um, uh, Father, I will avenge you. Mother, I will save you. Fjornir, I will kill you. Mm. Yeah, basically. He really That's fucks the one that up the saving. Well, she doesn't want to be saved, so he's like, all right, yeah. whatever, it's time She's to... She's kind of devastated by that, yeah. Robin. It's like you can change really your lifelong goals if you realize that they were made in error. I also love like, you know, this isn't one of those things where he's like, 
oh man, this new information has really changed my perspective on past events. Maybe I need to rethink. He's like, nope, still going to murder this guy. That's my goal. That's what I'm going to do. The witch told me. He's a dead the dude man. in the cave told me. Don't give a fuck. My dad ruled. We barked at each other. I watched him die. I'm going to kill Fjolnir the Brotherless. Well, and it, just, it has okay, to be at a lake of fire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to. No if you can't bring Muhammad to the lake of fire, you got to bring the lake of fire to Muhammad. You know? It's just kind of make that happen. So. There's this real, I don't know if anybody's, I know a lot of you have not read Harry Potter, but there's this like thing that happened. I haven't, read, I haven't Harry read Harry Potter. I think okay. it's just me, right? Oh, no, no Evelyn said that she didn't read past book f- four, which is but insane. But that's still like a majority, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so what happens in Harry Potter is that Harry grows up idolizing his father and thinking, oh, my dad was the greatest person. And like everybody who's against my dad, AKA Severus Snape is an asshole because they were like just jealous of my dad. And then he learns later on that his dad was actually like a crazy psycho bully and Severus Snape had every right to be angry at his father. And it does change, you know, so much of, of you know, how we, it, change, it changes his uh, narrative to some extent. And I think it really brings to mind this, um, this thing that Amleth goes through, which is like he he spends his whole life, you know, the first seven years of his life or whatever, idolizing his father because that's what you're supposed to do. And then when these terrible tragedies happen to him, it's like he becomes emotionally stuck at the age of seven or eight or, or whenever I think this he's happens. Like 11. Okay, maybe I don't know. The, all children look alike to me. So <laughs> that was clearly not a seven or eight year old boy. <laughs> whatever. I mean, he's skinny. Um, so he's he's emotionally stuck in this event that happens from, you know, this very unreliable perspective. And then what I thought was like probably one of the best moments of the movie is when Nicole Kidman is like, um, actually, it was not really your father's queen. I was somebody that he stole from another land and he I was a slave. I, yeah, yeah, she was enslaved. He raped her. The child that she bore from that rape was a boy. And so he married her. And she, and you and there's even like this foreshadowing moment at the very beginning of the movie, which is what is his first interaction with his mother? Oh, yeah, and she's like, he, don't open my chambers without knocking because she doesn't want him to see the brand on him. Her. Yeah, she was like, don't you ever come in here, you know, without she's about to slap without, the shit out of him, too. Yeah, she's not that into her kid. Like she's not, um, she's not the warmest mother. No, she's not. Which, so I thought that was extremely telling from the very beginning. And yet he is so um, fascinated with and focused on this damsel in distress vision of his mother, even though she probably was not the warmest parent to him in general um, for lots of reasons. And so she has this, you know, revealing moment where she's like, and I was enslaved and you thought I was this and I was really that. And I, right, and and I, like I loved Fjolnir. Yeah. yeah. And I actually loved the child born from our union. Like it was, it's such a painful moment. But then she's like, also like, but Hey, if you murder all of them, then you and I can rule, uh, which is, it I was, know. I thought that was a little too obvious. Like I, I wished it had not been maybe as telegraphed because it, it makes her too easy a villain. I feel like lecherous mothers are definitely a trope that I've seen before. Like in, and, uh, the Manchurian Candidate. 
or uh, Boardwalk Empire, you know, where like these seductive mothers are really that song, Stacy's mom. Uh, well, that's a little bit different because she's not Stacy's mom. Isn't like it coming on to Stacy? Not that know? we know it's, of. We need Stacy's uh, version of the story. Oh, shit. <laughs> she's just got it going on. Leave her alone. So I, I didn't actually, even though the incestuous incestuous things happen, I wish they had been maybe a little subtler or, or like a little less uh, made obvious or made text for the audience. I felt like Eggers didn't give us enough credit to infer things. And so it just becomes like, Oh, she's just this like crazy old lady who fucks a lot, like well, so- you know, fuck her own son. And you're like, okay, sure. Well, um, look, the pool is pretty thin to pull from. It's either Fjolnir or the guy without a nose or her son. And to be honest, her son's the hottest of those ones. It's just so sad. I don't know about like, the hottest. Uh, oh, you think Fjolnir the, is better than Amleth? Come on. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, didn't we just establish the uh, the Jolene silver fox thing? Hot. I'm just saying that Amleth is hotter. Okay. Mm, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Who is like extremely thing. loving to his queen and who is like a pillaging? I don't know. Well, yeah, but who is the cuck who couldn't even hold on to the kingdom that he stole from his brother? Well, there's that. Maybe that just shows that he's like a lover, a not a fighter. A little pussy boy. <laughs> <is what he laughs> <is. laughs> Jesus, this this is a pro Fjolnir podcast, okay? First of all, no, it's not. Uh, this is a pro Amleth podcast because, again, I have to, I have to, I have to um, respect someone who's just immediately like, guess what? Don't care. Nothing's changed. I'm still murdering all these people. He's really got a one-track mind. mind. Look, back then, people knew how to make a plan and follow through. (laughs) They didn't have all these distractions, like notifications on their phone. Right, you don't see Amleth sitting around and being like, oh, I really meant to kill Fjolnir, but instead I just binge-watched Better Call Saul because I have ADHD, which I've (laughs) self-diagnosed from TikTok. <laughs> this is the episode that's going to get me canceled. I feel like I'm coming in hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I my point is that it's what could have been a really really painful moment, which I thought it was very painful for Amleth to realize that he is not even he's not even the like grieved son. She was happy to get rid of him. She wanted to get rid of him. And when he realizes that not only was his murder planned for that his father's murder was planned for but that his little brother is the loved child is like the the wanted child i mean that really should have been this moment of devastation i mean it was well it is but it's so quick It, it it happens in a flash there's no um his character doesn't change like you keep mentioning you know he just forges on because that's his duty uh, oh, he pivots. Well, yeah, he knows he's, how he's, to pivot. <laughs> you're correct, Bill. <laughs> he, he pivots to video. No, he's he's like, all right, look, I'm not saving my mom. That much we know now. Uh, but I'm gonna murder everyone and leave her alive because I refuse to hurt a woman. And everyone's like, that could be a little more cruel. And he's like, good, even better. Yeah, but you know what? There is in in so many ways. Back to Hamlet. Um, there are implications that there was something going on between Gertrude and Claudius 
in, in King Hamlet's absence. Mm-hmm. And John Updike does Gertrude and Claudius. And th- there's like, what was going on prior to? And it, it also, you know, mirrors what, what was going on in Tudor England in that Henry marries Catherine of Aragon, but she was married to his brother first. Yes. So, but there I was think no, there's, there's no evidence that there was any kind of affair happening between Catherine of Aragon and Arthur. Is there any evidence? I mean, I'm not an Arthur. Uh, with no, no. What I'm saying is that, that when when Catherine of Aragon was married to Arthur, there's no evidence that she was having any kind of amorous connection to to Henry. Uh, they must have glanced at each other and smiled. Yeah, or, come on. Well, he was much younger. He's like six years younger than she was. He was basically a child when when she married Arthur. Oh, so it was like licorice pizza. Oh, fuck off. I freaking hated that. Yeah, (laughs) Evelyn. You're in good company with Brian. Completely hated it. (laughs) Good. Glad to hear it. Um, I mean, if anything, if anything, there is a case to be made in Tudor England that that uh, Henry VIII was cuckolded by his fifth wife, um, Catherine, uh, Catherine Howard. But those circumstances are not that black and white. I mean, you have like a 16 year old girl who is essentially like molested by every man that she came across. And so what could have been an affair with like Thomas Culpepper may have actually just been another case of like her falling prey to a predator. I, I don't know. There's a lot of, there's a lot of nuance there. So like, I don't know if I I don't know if I could see Gertrude in any of those uh, scenarios per se. Yeah, is Gertrude Gudrun? Is that who we're talking about? You're throwing out yes. a lot of names of people that I don't. Sorry, know. Gertrude is is Hamlet's mother. Hamlet's yes. mom. Gudrun is Hamlet's mother. Correct. So crossover once again, as it must be. And again, you got Hamir the fool. Who is Yorick? <laughs> Alas, <laughs> uh, I knew him. I knew him well. He didn't say I knew him, Horatio. And Sarabi is Simba's mother. Correct. Right, uh, and I wanna... Nala is and Anya Taylor Joy. Yes. Nala, Anya, I... eh? right? Olga. I want to I want to ask uh I had a pack theater and there's been some hand wringing over whether this film will make its budget back blah 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 this is the a 70 to 90 because of covid Did it? Yeah. I I mean it looks like a 70 million dollar movie well, any day had, of the it year. It had been yeah I mean but it had, it has it had been less money but then I think mid-production, COVID kicked up, and so they had to then stop, and then they had to come back with all the precautions, and mm. yeah. So like the the budget went up, I know considerably. I read a uh, I read the New Yorker profile about this mm-hmm. movie, so I know all about Edgar's insane attention to detail and sure. a lot of that stuff. And um, uh, you know, it's funny, you know, Robin, when you say like, oh, I feel like there wasn't a lot of subtext in that scene, like you know, they really just kind of. And you say Eggers maybe didn't trust the audience. Everything that I've read is that like the studio, which had final cut because this is his most expensive movie ever was like, Hey, Bobby test audiences mm-hmm. came back. And, um, can you 
start the movie faster? <laughs> like, can you? You know, they're saying they're a little confused. They're saying they're like not entirely sure what's going on. So could you maybe make some cuts? And he's like, okay, but I shot everything in like five minute one takes. So there's only so much I can do. We didn't get any coverage. We didn't get any other angles. Um, there was a piece in Vulture that I didn't get a chance to read that was all about the insane level that they had to go in through to ADR certain new lines into the film. And it involved uh, Eggers and Shorn, the Icelandic poet that helped to write this, um, having to like look at the lips moving and be like, okay, well, the it's 14 syllables and the seventh syllable is a hard T. So we got to oh. rewrite this. We got to get that T in there, though it could technically be a D if we really wanted it to be. Um, wow. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the back, the backstory, the behind the scenes of this movie is pretty interesting in that Sounds way. Sounds about right. And what's uh, funny is that, like, you know, I read that and got nervous. I was like, oh, man, is this going to be a compromise? This is not a compromised movie. It doesn't feel like it. You know, this movie. No, it doesn't seem like it. I'm sure I'm sure he would argue it is. But it's like, OK, dude, <laughs> sure. Right. Uh, but had, I, like, I did want to ask on one shot of him, like destroying a village, ripping a guy's throat out with his teeth. Like that was you. That was all yeah. you, man. You, you made that yeah. choice. Um, I, I did want to ask. I know my theater was pretty packed and I was actually pretty surprised by that. Um, there were a lot of people there. Uh, how did your theater look? This is all, you know, secondhand information, of course, but I'm just curious. Mine was pretty empty. Well, you know, I don't know. There was like maybe 20 people in it. So it wasn't, it wasn't very full. But also, I wasn't the only one. But it was also it like an art house screening. We were we were about halfway full. There was only you know there were couples on either side of us, and yeah, it was it was pretty packed. Yeah, people on on the internet have had some real things to say about this movie, both in the build up to it and in the conceptions of like the box office for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, someone was like, "Oh my god!" Like we've got the Northmen, the unbearable weight of massive talent and everything everywhere all at once. Like if you're pissed off about comic book and video game movies, like go see something, which is like its own statement. That's like, Oh buddy, come on. But then like people in the comments are like, um, there's a pandemic going on. And this is why I've like slowly been trying to inch off of social media because everything's terrible all the time. But I mean, yeah, I, this, this feels like a movie that, you know, I think it got, I'm looking at estimates of $12 million this weekend, which, uh, I don't know, isn't, isn't bad. I guess it almost beat fantastic beasts. The secrets of Dumbledore <laughs> what a fucking title. Oh, no. Wow. Um, the bad guys, however, won the weekend and Sonic the hedgehog Two maintains it's, uh, it's seeming yeah. dominance. But I mean, the North yeah. number four and unbearable way to massive talents. Number five, like that's pretty wild. Robin, you said you went to a press screening. Oh, I went to a press screening, so yeah, it was okay, pretty sparse. It wasn't. It wasn't a press screening with general audiences. I know they do. No. That a lot. Okay, that sounds boring. It was. Uh, it was interesting because they, when they started the movie, uh, there was something wrong with the aspect ratio, and so everything was like hyper zoomed in, and I was like, the pixelation's really bad in this movie, like what the fuck is happening? What is this, a Michael Mann movie from the early 2000s? It was like all zoomed in, and you're just like, what the fuck is Eggers doing here? (laughs) 
And then somebody is like, I'm going to leave unless this changes or something with like some, you know, critic or whatever. And then uh, they stopped it and everybody cheered and then it started over and you're like, oh, okay. Like this is a real movie and not just some like artistic shit. Well, I mean, he did that for the lighthouse. So, you know, right. Yeah, the lighthouses. You're like, okay, so we're really going to be in this like one one ratio with the things. And yeah, it was like four by going, three. Going. This yeah. was like you couldn't see anybody's mouth because it was just zoomed in on their forehead. And you're like, well, that's a choice. <laughs> this is why the theatrical experience in its platonic ideal is so important because I remember watching Coherence at home and letting it go for five minutes on VOD without any sound before I was like, no, this this probably isn't a choice. <laughs> like, well, it's, I it's it was funny just, because like, completely silent at first. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like someone's phone broke. Like, you know, these people like now I'm in a kitchen and clearly these people are having a conversation and I feel like I should be able to hear it. There's all these like famous instances of like theaters posting like warnings about like sequences during movies. I think there was one recently about how loud a movie was, uh, yeah, and then like begins very loudly, and like the last Jedi has a moment where like the sound cuts out, and it's it's on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Don't freak out. I'm just like Jesus Christ. Some, sometimes it's like, okay, wow. Well, so that, the, the, All right, that's all, happening. Right, like in, in The Last Jedi, the, the silent moment is so brief that like I can't yeah. imagine the type of person who is like, oh, shit, and just immediately runs out to go tell someone. Or do they like yeah. leave the theater and go, just so you know, the sound dropped out for three seconds during yeah. this incredibly moving, visually appealing part. <laughs> it's just like, okay, well, that yeah. was on purpose. Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike this movie, which is loud the whole way through. Yes, it is. Fucking and it ends in it. a fight in a volcano. Yep. And the, my friend who I went and saw this with was like, I don't understand why. Like, you think volcano fight. And I guess, like, your brain immediately goes to, like, Revenge of the Sith. And you're like, uh, that's going to suck. But, like. That's like, this is that so, sequence is good. No, that sequence is fucking terrible. Um, then this is like so visceral and so like it, you feel the heat, you feel the grossness, and it's just like man, like if people would just like be better <laughs> movie makers and really like ground you in the tactility, like something that sounds really arch and dumb actually becomes super fucking awesome. And that's another thing about this movie that I just again I can't cannot state enough how much I was like, wow, this is like some high art drama, literal Shakespearean, you know, stuff like this is not the gritty, just like rough and tumble, like revenge film. I thought like there is some, some shit going on here. Like there's just a layer of a feeling to it. That is just like, not what I was expecting, but it's just so much better than what I had kind of like even been hoping for. Down in here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I so think do we have done. final thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Are there any final thoughts on uh, the Northman before we uh, before we wrap it up? I love when he's flying into Valhalla. Yeah, with the Valkyrie with the filed teeth. It was the end of Greece. Let's be real. Good what? times. They're flying up in that car. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> We're cool well, now. We all know that Greece Greasers. was heavily influenced by Hamlet, which was heavily influenced by the saga of Amleth. Bam. 
Mm-hmm. It, what's great is like <laughs> I want more stuff like this, even though uh, apparently assholes on the internet will claim that you're being a white supremacist for doing it. Um, like like rereading, I, I was inspired to reread the ten by seeing this movie and just being like, God, there's just so much that like we don't really get uh, told about in terms of like the stories of like the history of the world and like how people used to live and like what their gods were and. Like, how do we, how do we, how have we missed that? And so like finding those things and going back to look at them and just like, yeah, just like I had to, I tried to explain the story of the 10 to, uh, my, my friend at the distillery, Arthur. And like, it was almost like a, some sort of Laurel and Hardy thing where it's like, okay, well this is what the story is. Actually, let me go back. This is what the story behind that. Okay, actually, let me go back again. And I had to explain like six things before I could even get to the story. Because like that's just how how all of that trippy pagan stuff worked. And it's just so rich and so awesome. And I wish we got more of that. Like I'd love for I'd love for a, a renaissance of of like going back to those old stories and telling them, but telling them in this way where we like give full freight and like faith and credit to like the history and the, the religion and the gods and the ideals of those places. Like if I could get a, an interpretation of the time that included like witches turning into worms and you know, cows the size of hills and, you know, just insane shit where if a guy gets too pissed off, he turns into a literal monster. Like, that would just be awesome. Like, there's a reason that, like, poets were able to remember these stories and spit them out until they figured out how to write things down. And it's because they're cool and they speak to something elemental in us. And I just feel like we've uh, we've gotten away from that in a, in a way in terms of like what we want or anticipate or respect in storytelling. Why is it going to get you canceled? I didn't say that was going to get me canceled. Oh, you're like, well, yeah, wow, this is going to get no, me canceled. Because, okay, because like there's this whole thing that I, I didn't want to get into it, but I'll just say the reason I said like, oh, even though like it's whatever is because like someone was like, oh, Robert Eggers just keeps making movies about white people. That's sus. Like, you, you know, and he has this haircut. He's clearly a white supremacist because anyone who's interested in the Vikings is a Nazi because like, what was that? Who said that? Uh, it, someone who actually, I'm not going to name them because I don't want to like, not that we have hordes that listen to this podcast, but I don't want to send hordes after this person, but he was on this podcast once. Mm, and okay. I'm pretty sure that he re- deleted the tweet or whatever. But like, you know, it was just like, and then just other people being like, oh, like the Northman has a rune and it's stylized title. That's a dog whistle for white supremacists. Because the first thing that we did was be like, hey, white people, being white's not an identity. Maybe go and learn about the actual cultures of your people. But then you do that. And suddenly, because those people were still, you know, pale skinned, it becomes another thing of like, well, now that's racist. Um, it was, uh, it's, it's, I don't know. It's just weird. Cause like if you suddenly, if I walked into a building and said, I've really started to get into the, my Celtic heritage, everyone would immediately side eye me. Um, because unfortunately like shitty white supremacists have taken over a lot of these symbols. Like they, they claim like fealty to Odin. 
The Celtic cross is apparently a white supremacist tattoo, which sucks for me as a person of Irish extraction who's Catholic, you know, but like, that's what it is. Um, yeah, shitty people ruin things. I mean, like Hitler stole the Sanskrit, you know, swastika and we can't use that anymore. Like, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's, but what's funny is that like someone on Twitter said basically like, well, you know, it doesn't matter if it's got like 3000 years of history and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, the, the, like, the, I think they said something like Indians aren't allowed to use the swastika anymore. And I was like, first of all, it's a bad look for a white guy to start saying that. But it's, you know, it's, it's, it feels weird to have to like make apologies for wanting to learn about your history in that way because bad actors have made it a toxic trait. Mm. Like, you know, it's like my friend and I were saying, like, we learned in school so much about um, South and Mesoamerican, you know, people and their, you know, you know, pre-European colonialization, like religions and ideas. But like, we didn't learn about like, vikings and norse gods and the celtic deities and druids and stuff like that stuff was just like not important i guess like it almost- i mean i guess it depends on where you grow up because there i there's a lot of places in the u.s that do not learn about indigenous cultures oh yeah i'm all. like you know i i learned a shit ton about indigenous cultures like you know so I don't know. It's it's always weird to me when I hear about like some places where that's not taught because I'm like you grew up mostly that? in New York. No, I grew up in Maryland. Okay, because I know New York does. It's a very it's a very important part of the New York curriculum to learn about like world cultures and yeah, native no, cultures. I was, I was not the AP Canada. curriculum. Not what? Curriculum? Yes, the no. world history AP curriculum definitely. No, but the uh, a- American history, the A push. Hmm. Very minimal coverage of Native Americans. Mm, I barely yeah, remember that's it. like it's like AP United States history. And so it's like, well, they were a whole nation previous to us. Like, you know, we're picking up <laughs> when the United States got kicked up, which that's is like insane. still a weird argument. But I don't know. I mean, you know, that's the only way I could think of it is like, you know, they like the like pre-American pre-United States North American history, I feel is like the academic way that you would say like. The first nation, you know, native populations of the United States. Or just like the Western Hemisphere, indigenous, I don't know. Yeah. Even just the name America, like a lot of people argue that that in and of itself is imperialistic and whatever. But anyway, that's not the argument that I want to make. People are going to say things. People are going to say things. That doesn't mean mean that that's that's a thing you have to wrestle with and and actually deal with. So, you know, people people can just say shit. Anyone who walks into a place, kicks ass, takes over, and then renames it, like, yeah, forever that name is going to be imperialist. That's, like, probably most of... I mean, again, like, this movie shows a bunch of of Northmen, you know, coming in and kicking the shit out of the Kievan Rus. Like, that's not awesome like that's i there is a part of me that looks at something like that and i and like you know again the secret of kells which paints (laughs) paints the vikings as literal monsters and i wonder like in europe are there still people like is there ever an irishman who spits on a norseman like 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 the cultural memory of trauma right like you know and it's it's funny to say that because like you know up and into the 90s and you know i haven't paid a lot of attention to it but i'm sure recently there must have been some provisional ira that have killed an englishman or two like you know some of that's still around like it's not 
as bad as it it's is. It's not ancient history. Right. And, you know, like you look at uh, Israel and Palestine. And I remember I was a, a camera person uh, for a documentary that was about bringing uh, Palestinian and Israeli youths together. And they got a talk from someone who had been involved in um, hammering out a peace between um, the PIRA and the English. Like, you know, when the mothers basically came into it and were like, this has mm-hmm. to end. And just like, you know, it's like, that's a very recent thing. And this is a thing that kind of you both can. And it's just it, it. We don't really hear about those specific levels here in America because we've got our own shit to deal with. But it does kind of give you this like eye opening like. Oh, right. Like, we constantly say, like, Europe and forget that, like, they literally had something called the Hundred Years' War. Like, we think of it as a monolith when it is that's only, like, within maybe the past 20 years. Yeah. Like, you know, I remember um, AP, I think I think it was AP Modern European History just being like, so what's uh, what's up with Italy at this time? I don't know why I made myself a newsboy. <laughs> anyway, and my teacher just being like, Italy didn't exist. It was a loose collaboration of nation states, all of which hated one another. And it's just like, oh, when did that stop? And he told me, but I don't remember. And, you know, just the concept of like, there was no Germany. There was all this other stuff. Like, you know, there's no Prussia anymore, but that was really big for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Prussia. Uh, anyway, so yeah, it's just, it, it kind of, you know, every once in a while you, you step back and you're like, you know, as much as I feel like I'm hearing about stuff, like you're hearing like a, a fifth of a 1% of human history. And so it's, uh, it's good to go and look at it sometimes. And I, I like, I like things like the Northmen that kind of give you an insight into it. And like I said, we, we, it's, it's called the Northmen, but it touches on, it touches on so much. Like it touches on so many different places. Like it was, it was weird for me to see those Irish people in there and to see them in that way, in a way that you usually don't like, you know, see that unless you're watching like the wind that shakes the barley, which again takes place in like 1912 or 18. So it's like, Oh, for a thousand years, the Irish have been plundered. Fantastic. I think you should watch the last kingdom on Netflix. Which is the show I was telling you about, which is very much about this history. (laughs) That's not, Ulfirth, son of Ulfirth, or whatever. You I mean, we it. we call it in my household. We call it Uhtred, son of Uhtred, because that's <laughs> the name of the character. But it's actually called the Last Kingdom. Someone oh, okay, today, I've heard of that. Yeah, that looks interesting. Uh, someone today, you know, we were talking, and he was like, you know, when did? Because I think I said like, you know, I'm I'm you know Brian. I'm the son of uh, Bernard, who was a lawyer, who was the son of Bernard, who was a, a brewer. And he's like, man, that's like a really awesome way to put it. Like, when did we stop doing that? And I was like, when we all stopped living in the same towns, like, you know, you don't even know my parents. But like, can you imagine if I walked up to a stranger at a grocery store and said that? They don't know who the fuck Bernard is. No one gives a shit. But if it was a town and we were all living together, even if it was like Queens 70 years ago, you know, if I went up and I was like, hey, I'm Bernie's son. They'd be like, oh, Bernie, I know Bernie. You're good people. But that's just not how it is anymore because we move too much. And we spend our whole lives on the internet. Yep. With our Speaking of, and our let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, Bill's got yeah. some internet to get on. <laughs> He's got to mix it up on the Slack channel. <laughs> All right. Let us, uh, yeah, let's get out of here. Uh, so that was the Northman. A very good conversation. Evelyn, thank you so much for uh, coming back to talk with us about Shakespeare Anytime. adjacent shit. <laughs> 
I'm always. We know like, you have other expertise. I just thought the original was- text. The original text. Yeah, next time we do Mole Flanders, we'll have you on. <laughs> yeah, when we talk about the 400th episode of The Simpsons, we'll all talk about. She played Man, it for so us. Much. It went during so our much. Hamlet unit. We watched The Simpsons episode of Hamlet. Um, and and of course you have to watch the the whole final scene on South Park. They which, leave it intact. Which the, scene the, of what? Uh, of Hamlet. Huh. Uh, which Park, Hamlet? Goes, well, the which episode? <laughs> the, the Kenneth Branagh one. Oh, my God. Yeah. Branagh. Yeah. The All right, let's get the fuck of out of here. Actually, actually get out of here. Is placed in the care of a nunnery after her mother's execution. But the actions of an abusive priest lead her to rebel as a teenager and he escapes the dangerous streets of London. Further misfortunes drive her to accept a job as a prostitute from the conniving Mrs. Allworthy, where she first meets Hibble, who is working. Jesus, this is the longest plot summary. <laughs> this might just be a plot rundown. <laughs> anyway, We're about that's, Flanders. that's Maul Flanders, as played by Robin Wright. Bam. Stockard Channing plays Mrs. Allworthy. Morgan Freeman plays Hibble. Also not a very um, a very faithful to the original text movie, but still a movie I enjoy. All right. Well, anyway. I think so. Um, so that's our episode for today. I hope you all have loved it. Uh, we are off next week, which is cool. Um Maybe I'll get a chance to go out and see everything everywhere all at once or Father Stew or something. I don't know. Um, and then we're coming back and we don't know what we're talking about. Oh, that's not true. We're talking about The Legend of Tarzan, the 2016 no, film off. directed by David Yates, starring Alexander Skarsgård. No. Look forward to it. That movie available now on HBO Max. Don't quote me on that. I actually don't know where it's from. Anyway, looking forward to talking about that in two weeks' time. Robin, who is going to be our guest to talk about The Legend of Tarzan? Fuck off. All right. (laughs) Did you say my mom? Yes. I would love to have my mother on one of these episodes. Uh, I would be like, how did you make that? The the woman who once said that Yorgos Lanthimos should be shot. If you think my opinions are extreme, wait until my mother gets on the mic. <laughs> anyway, until then, let's uh, remind everyone that they can sign up for MUBI for a free 30-day trial by going to MUBI.com slash filmstage, where you can watch Croupier starring a younger, hotter Clive Owen and Alex Kingston, who mm-hmm. apparently was in ER and a bunch of other stuff that no one else has ever seen. M-U-B-I.com slash film stage. All right, let's tell the fine people at home where they can find us between now and the next time that we are rambling into their ears. We begin with our guests. Evelyn, uh, would you like to plug anything? Nope. All right, cool. (laughs) Always good to have you. We look forward to having you back when we talk about Lyle Lyle Crocodile this October. Okay, I'm really excited for that. Shut up. (laughs) I was like, what other literary adaptations are coming out? (laughs) And for some reason, Lyle Lyle Crocodile sprung to mind. (laughs) Oh, boy. The prequel to Crawl. (laughs) (laughs) 
Doesn't he have a girlfriend named Lila? I love that. I don't know, but I do want to apologize because Lyle is a crocodile and Crawl was about gators. Mm. <laughs> I know that someone was going to drag me for that. Canceled. I know. I, I was so on the on the on the crawl episode. I was so like in, intent that no one call them crocodiles. And here I am making a dumb joke. I apologize to my fans. Um, you can find my tearful apology on my YouTube channel. <laughs> anyway, uh, Bill Graham, what about yourself? Uh, you can find me watching Formula One every weekend. Oh, uh, like my husband. What the yeah. fuck is happening? Formula One is exploded it's, in popularity. It's yeah, it's called Netflix. To survive. <laughs> yep. They, My husband's in a everybody watched Formula it. One league. I thought no one nice. was watching Netflix anymore. Isn't that why they lost like three billion dollars worth of valuation? No, that's because everyone shares their password. Everybody wants Netflix, so that's the issue. Uh, but yeah. Uh, that's what you can find me doing every weekend uh, at CableBFG on Twitter and at Billstagram on Instagram where I post cute puppy photos because my dog is the best. That's all? Disagree. My dog is the best. I don't know. My dog's pretty great. (laughs) All right. Well, Evelyn's Everything is awesome. I'm going to say that Evelyn's dog is... Robin can go fuck herself. <laughs> no. Did I tell you what my husband? So my husband and I were like joking about you know maybe getting some cats at some point, even though we're very never pets people. And how how is this podcast not wrapped up yet? Because now I need to hear about Robin and her husband he giving up on a future know. and just getting cats. Because no, is, that's embracing our future. No, anyone and I who gets name, cats has basically said, "I'm all right, dying exactly as I am now." Yeah, and the cat eating my body when I die, whatever. Like, I have so, a single male friend, and I once helped him pick the pictures for his Tinder account, and I was like, "Dude, you have too many pictures with your cat. You need one at most. It cannot be the first one." No, he has to have the three so that he can invite a woman who loves a man with you know three cat pictures to him you gotta be yourself on social media anyway <laughs> i want to name my cats shulamith and shibboleth and he wants to name our cats cannibal and corpse so this is the man <laughs> i married formula one fantasy league cannibal and corpse are, are familiars mean, cannibal corpse is great shibboleth is great as well I refuse to take a position on this, um, but we will be posting a Twitter poll. Okay. I like that <laughs> idea. And, and I did drop a picture of my dog in the chat. Okay. I, we got to pausing so I can look again. at the picture of this dog. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking cute. There it is. Is that an Aussie? It is. My dog is like part Aussie, part Husky. I'll I'll have to figure out a way to send a picture to you because I don't think I can send it right now over the chat. But anyway, you got to see Bailey. You'll love her. Anyway, <laughs> Robin Barr, where can people find your shit online? You can find me at... What is my Twitter handle? Oh, <laughs> at your fucking Robin name. Barr. <laughs> R-O-B-Y-N-B-A-H-R. That's my Twitter. Uh... I'm not super active, but sometimes I tweet and you can also find me on Letterboxd, also at Robin Barr, and you can sometimes find my writing at The Hollywood Reporter. 
Okay, as for me, uh, you can find me at Brian J. Rowan on all of the social meds. Uh, that includes Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Letterboxd, everything. My personal site is at Brian J. Rowan. And um, uh, my uh, distillery can be seen at schmidtspirits.com. And um, actually, we're going to have an art festival. So if you are in the area and you would like to check out my distillery and see some cool local art, this is the time to do it. So go there to learn more about that. And don't forget that all my writing and uh, our writing and every episode of this here podcast can be found over at thefilmstage.com. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Remember, we're off next weekend, but we will be back with The Legend of Tarzan. Tarzan.